countdown ever. Yep. Are we good? Are we we're going? Okay. Yeah, we're going. All right. Welcome to Writing the Nerds. Uh, we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties starting up, so uh, that was with the, the halt and everything. I am I am Kegger, Eli. I think we're going to go with Eli today because I think these guys have a special phrase for me today. Uh, <laughs> I know nothing of our topic today, but before we do that, I want to bring in my my co-stars, my co-hosts. Ray BG. And Cody. And uh, right in the nerds, we got a, an interesting one for you today. I know nothing of this topic. Uh, I've seen the first season and one episode after. Uh, a couple of other scenes later on down the road, uh, especially when you get to some of the battles. Uh, I was put in the middle of a room in a surround sound, uh, like yeah. a super surround sound, and uh, was made to sit and watch this battle. And it was kind of wild because it sounded like I was surrounded. Um, <laughs> uh, bad joke. Anyway, today's topic is the 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 wondrous, the odious, the fantastical, the incestuous Game of Thrones. Oh yes. Yep. Game of Thrones. I know that. Uh, I don't Game know of Thrones. Let's let's take it like this, okay? And I'm probably gonna get flack for this, but just think of the Beastmaster mixed with Conan, Conan the Barbarian, mixed with Lady Hawk, mixed with Xena, Xena the Warrior Princess. <laughs> and I think there's one more ingredient that I missed that I'm missing in my brain. You but ever think seen of all those together? Oh, with Tolkien, and don't forget. Tolkien. I was gonna say Tolkien has to be in there. there well, you have go. you seen that 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 Heath Ledger vehicle back in the days when he was just in a TV show in Australia called Roar? No, it's very kind of like kung fu. The le- kung fu slash uh, Hercules <laughs> slash like. Uh, oh, I'm fucking missing one. So if there's anything we're learning, then basically it's that. You know what? Rip off a lot of source material and make your own world out of it that's compelling enough and people won't give a damn. Like they they'll make those comparisons with love instead of like, oh great, it's just another fucking beast master ripoff. <laughs> but you gotta understand, even though it's it, it is basically to sum it up, it is a combination of all those things. It's a fantasy, it's a lovely fantasy. It's put in the time, it's put in a time period, because you can't really specify a type of time, but it's not it's in a romanticized time period where it was it's a medieval, fantasy set. Right, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, a medieval time period. Yeah, yeah it's a medieval yeah. fantasy. There's no technology, so to speak. And you There's have, no like high tech. Right. Well, I mean, you have tech, but it's not it's not steampunk. It's not high tech, but you do have tech. You have a little magic, but not too much. Mm. You have yeah. a little. Um, you have the the basic, and I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me on this podcast pushing everything back to Dungeons and Dragons. But you got your warrior, your thief, your mm. your. Your priest, your necromancer, and there you got all that into one, and then you have your gods. Well, so I mean, that, oh, yeah. that's the gist. And dragons can't forget about dragons. dragons. Exactly. Yeah, which he actually didn't even want to put dragons in originally. His wife convinced him to put the dragons in. Yeah, I, I think I saw that in the inscription in one of the first. But I read the books so far. I've watched the series, um, which is farther than the books for once. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm a little. I mean, like, I'm not sore about that because the books are like 1,200 pages a piece. Oh, yeah. Well, my yeah. dad's read all the books. Yeah. yeah. My dad's yeah. read all the My dad has read all the books. And I can't bitch at somebody whenever I am lucky to, like, struggle to throw out five pages. Like, you know, like, 
I, I like to write things, but it it's like what Fry said. It took me an hour to write. I thought it would take an hour to read. There you go. <laughs> right. And the best thing I love about this whole series from the books to the TV series is that the bad guy is technically the good guy, but also the bad guy. You're talking about Daenerys? No, no, no. Not even her. This whole thing started because the first ones created something to stop the approach of the, of the humans who apparently yeah. oppress everybody and end up being the You're bad talking about the wall? The, 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 big the wall White, the white Walkers? Yes. Yeah, or sorry, the Others, as they're known in the book. Yeah, the Others. The others. That's what they're known in the book. <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's so crazy that they're the, the they're technically the good guys because they're trying to preserve this world, but they end up being the bad guys because they sort of overstep themselves trying to preserve the world. Oh yeah, the children of the forest are trying to be the good guys to preserve the world as it is. But so like the secret world, not not Arietti. What am I thinking? So uh, they Nausicaa of the wind. Yeah. So they create yeah the others as a way to stem the tide of humanity, but they lose control mm-hmm. and. You know, what's to say that you create a gigantic hulking behemoth beings who can only be killed by certain types of weapons that are practically made out of ice and is said when they speak it sounds like ice cracking? Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, who, you know, who wear armor that constantly, like, which you can never do this in the show because the budget would be unreal, yeah. but, like, armor that constantly shifts and, like, Oh, kind of like what Rorschach's mask is supposed to do. Mm. So, yeah, somewhat, just made to look like ice again. Um, so yeah, like their, their swords are basically pure crystal that can slice through anything kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like they're unstoppable by every means of the word. Not only that, every time you lose somebody on your side, they come back on theirs. Exactly. It's meant to be an unstoppable weapon. And for the love of God, how could you ever think you could keep control of that? Exactly. (laughs) Yes. But, um. I mean, so, but it's Game of Thrones, and, and I'm sorry to sort of try to speed this up because we sit here and talk about every aspect of it. It'll yeah. take us probably four days because that's how that's how huge, how much content is in the book and how much content they put into the um, movie, into the TV series that they made, even though it diverged after season one in the cinema, cinema version of it. There's still a whole lot of content that's like there. Um, my other thing is also um, in the book, you have the basic. Um, you have the you have the characters the characters that you've seen if you watch the TV show, but then you have some extra that they did in the TV show that they didn't include in the book. So it's mm-hmm. you want to talk about that? Uh-huh. I mean, one of the things I appreciated about the show was that they fleshed out some things that happened behind the scenes. Like mm-hmm. Peter Baelish, for instance, is not really a huge character in the books until you get to around the third mm-hmm. like you don't see what he's doing yeah Baelish. It, sorry Which one was Baelish? uh you might not lord whisper talk in the uh, show like constantly um he's the one who owns the brothel um, oh little, little finger. finger sorry okay. yes i should i hate that. that guy <laughs> i loved him well like that guy always plays a weaselly dick oh yeah <laughs> like the, the wire, dude is like yeah everything he's a weaselly dick yeah. Um, I don't know if he is in real life. I've never met the guy, but Jesus, he can pull off Weasley Dick really well. Oh yeah, like <laughs> I call him Lord Whisper Talk because like he, he seems like he always like had a slight whisper on everything he said, but also with a slightly wandering accent. Like it was just kind of, you know, like he was always playing something, and everything he said always had this weird subtext behind it that you always had to... So if you... So going back to Dungeons & Dragons and stuff that's veered up there, but, if you notice people like him 
So he was your typical... But one character they flesh out in the series is Varys. You don't see shit from him hardly in the books True. unless he directly pops into a scene. You know, like... And even at that, you still don't know what he's doing. That's it. Like, but in the show, you get his ideas a okay. lot more. Than I'm gonna walk back what I said about um, what's his name, uh, Adian Gillian. Oh, Aiden Gillian. Yeah. Because uh, Adian. Oh, Adian. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know why I said Aiden. it's definitely Aiden. Oh. Um, but I said Adian because I don't know. I threw him off. Yeah, I guess. It, yeah. Uh, I forgot that he is Doctor J. Allen Hynek in Project Blue Book. And I love that show. Oh. <laughs> hmm. I forgot all about that. Well. But he still plays a weaselly dick really well. Most <laughs> of everything I've seen him in, he was a weasel. Like. Right. Hell, even the beginning of the, what, the Dark Knight Rises, the CIA agent. Yeah. He's, yeah. Like, he's, yeah, he's a douche. It would, like, it, <laughs> it would be painful for you. <laughs> Wasn't he a street rat? Street rat in the book? No, he grew up. Peter Baelish came from a place known as the Fingers, which yeah. led to him, and it was a small, like uh, you know, it was a small lordship, not mm, really okay. consequential in any way. Which is why he got the nickname Littlefinger yeah. uh, when he went to sire with Catelyn Tully's father, I mm-hmm. believe, or at least within River Run, right? Um, which is where he developed his fondness for Catelyn, not so much for Lysa, but right. you know. Sometimes you take what you can get and you use Isn't that. Isn't he the one that tries head. to, like, screw the one Stark sister, the one that was the Phoenix, the worst Phoenix in the history of the Phoenix? I mean, Sophie, Sophie. he kind of, yeah, he kind of does, but I, I think it's more he uses her for his plans, and I almost guarantee if he would have taken the throne, he'd have had her head in a fucking pot in an instant. Yeah. Like, he doesn't give a shit. People are pawns to him, and that's actually one of the scenes I appreciate the most from... Uh, they could have done without what was going on in the background, honestly, even though it served to beat you over the head with metaphor, because one thing the show was terrible at was telegraphing everything. Would you, they, they couldn't expect you yeah. to get the subtext. They had to be like, baseball bat with a nail in it. <clears throat> Just, yeah. So, so they called in Negan... To bash you over the head with things. Huh? Yeah, so basically he's having these... Uh, it's the scene where he has the two prostitutes, like, basically learning off each other. Right. Not going into too much detail there, but he's describing his methodology for how he wants to accomplish things. He could have done that in any other subtext, but instead he's trying to teach them how to be better at their jobs at the same time with the whole thing of, I'm not going to play by their rules, I'm going to fuck them. Right. Okay, I get it, but you didn't need that going on in the background. Like, this speech would have been great mm. if it would have just been you explaining to one of your lackeys. At the dinner table, you know, while eating dinner or something. Yeah. You know, you, you can be just as menacing eating steak as you can. Well, Lording over prostitutes? It, it's it's weird. I don't know, I mean... it was Well, it's one of the reasons why Game of Thrones is known for... Sex position. Well, it's like it's like when on uh, the. Cause is, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know shit about is, Game of Thrones. I just like the Penny from Big Bang. Hmm. Was they were talking about shows that Leonard watches, and she's they say something about Game of Thrones, and Penny says something about it, mm-hmm. and they look at her, and she goes, "What well, I like that show? There's dragons and doing it and stuff." Yeah. <laughs> right. And essentially, like they relied, they relied a little bit too much on sex position. Um, 
I just remember just seeing uh, the one handsome guy who's obviously supposed to be the handsome guy just going to pound town on his sister um, right yeah. before they throw a little kid out the window. So, and that's all in the first episode, isn't it? That's like yeah, first that's the first, 10 minutes that's of the, the show. End, that's the end of the first episode. A brother is pounding out his sister and some kid sees it and they just throw him out the window. I was like, oh, it's one of those kind of shows. Fuck me. Well, Jesus. So they were just going on the formula that Rome's book. They're going on the formula to Spartacus book. They, they use the sex as, um, as an attractor. And that hmm. those shows that, especially when... Those type of shows start out very slow. They need something to grab the attention. I remember Spartacus. It's the same, it's the same logic of horror movies, though. Yeah. It's like if you know you have a bad horror movie, boobs five minutes in. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's like you. <laughs> boobs five minutes in. Yeah. Titties. Uh. I literally, if I watch a horror movie, I know what I'm in for within that time frame. If I'm like, I haven't seen any boobs yet, so we have a chance. Like, but then. You know, it, but then as soon as you think that, you see it, and you're like, no, nope, fuck it, we're done. Like, the, I know this is going to be just another installment of, yeah. So, yeah, like, it, I agree with you. They they rely on a lot of stuff like that. For that one, they did. I, but then as the show continued, uh, as the show itself uh, continued, um, it got better with that, because I think they started getting a lot of opinions from viewers and most of the, Turns out that most of their viewers were women, so a lot of women chimed in and sort of helped curb that. Hmm. So um, I think I think that the show version of it got better. But again, this wasn't necessarily in the books. This is just on the show, <laughs> right? So, God, I it, <laughs> I mean, I I appreciate a lot of things they did in the show, especially given background characters a little bit more time to shine. Um, they made the Stark kids. Like, if you just had to go off the book descriptions of some of these characters in the same house, especially, like, in all honesty, if you had to listen to the description of the Stark children, yeah. you'd be like, oh, okay, auburn, red hair, same facial features. Well, okay, you're going to have to throw a name with this guy for the rest of it because he sounds exactly like his brother. Like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, it, I mean, it was better off just to start memorizing names. One thing, though, I think that the show did get close to right um, were the, the Dire Wolves. Yeah. The, uh, the book, to me, has it a better... It didn't like the majority of them get killed off. Yeah. Was yeah. there even a single one left at the end? There, there was. One. one. Uh, when they're like eight? Ghost was still alive, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Nymeria, at least. Uh, it's my Arius? Yeah. Yeah. Arya let, Harris, Arya let Harris go free, and the other one went, went native again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Those were the only two survivors, though. Yeah. Uh, Summer almost made it, but, uh, you know, went out like a fucking boss. <laughs> like, if we're going to be honest, like, <laughs> taking on a bunch of White Walkers and Whites yeah. by yourself, that's... You're, you're going I mean, out yeah, like that's, a, yeah. I mean... So the White Walkers, are they basically just, like, zombie, like, frozen zombies? No. No. They are, so... If you so when you if you watch the show at the end when you come near the end they basically told you a, a, a history of them yeah it's not quite like the books but at least they gave you something to vent yeah. so basically White Walkers from this from the TV show then I let Cody explain the movie mm-hmm. on the TV show um, they were basically um, they were weren't they related to the dragon to the to, to the Targaryens wasn't the Targaryen 
that was originally made to a white walker? No, there was a lot of there's a lot of speculation as to who the first white walker actually was, and most fan theories seem to lean on the fact that since the Targaryen conquest didn't happen until three four hundred years mm-hmm. before the show starts, so but the okay. White Walker incursion happened ten thousand years right. before the show starts. But it is believed that it was a Stark. Okay. So, going back to that, um, basically what happened was, and he could could be right because the Starks did live in that territory close to the north, Mm. Um, but basically the the children took a human, they created this mystical ice crystal, and they basically, literally, it was a living creation that they created. In the show, it looks like it was obsidian that they inserted into him, which is odd considering obsidian can kill them. Right. And they inserted it into his chest, and it basically, makes sense. he basically mutated into what a uh, white walker into is. Into, like, whatever. But so the yeah. thing is... But so, not like, don't they die, and, like, if you die on one side, you end up... Because then, like, don't they end up with a dragon? There's they do. three so, dragons that kill one, so and is, it's on their side. They do end up with so a dragon. So this is what, what happened, basically, from... If you look at the TV series, basically, I think the children didn't think that they would evolve as much... Because they, they, they evolved... For what for the longer that the, the magic itself increased within the White Walkers, the longer they lived. So eventually, they were originally able to raise the dead, but if they weren't able to raise the dead as far as they as they did at the end of the show. So as the storyline progressed, the longer they lived, the leader could he could he could basically do the frack he like any anime ever. Mm-hmm. You know, at the right. beginning they can't do shit. By the power. end, they're a fucking god. Basically, oh, okay. And that's why in the so if you watch the show, you notice. In the show, when they start giving the history about the Raven, mm-hmm. and the show again, it's slightly different than the book. Actually, matter of fact, I don't think the the, the book even cover that. The book hasn't really gotten into the origins yeah. of the Walkers at all. Yeah, at to this point. So in the TV show, um, when they gave you the when they gave you the the, the, the TV history, basically, um, when the White Walkers came to something that was magical, they could absorb it. So if they, if some, if something was mad, that's why they were able to kill the children. That's the children were dying out. It wasn't that they were just dying out of age. The White Walkers start killing the children. Mm-hmm. And so when they did that, they absorbed the magic of whatever, the, they absorbed the, the essence of the magic of that. Mm-hmm. And so um, the one of the last children told um, the current Raven before, um, what's his name? Bran became the Raven. Yeah. He told him, Protect, keep Bran away from the White Walkers. Don't let them touch him. Or don't let him go off in his vision quest and be touched because then he'll be trackable. So what happens is Bran, at the, when he starts learning about his abilities, he gets careless and he goes back into when you find out who, what Hordor is saying, hold the door. That's yeah. how he got his name. He stays in the vision too long because he wanted to see. And the White Walker traced it, traced him and found yeah. him and literally... T- he didn't touch him physically, but he touched him magically, and he absorbed his he absorbed some of the power of the, of the Raven, and that's how he was able to, to find Bran, and that's why he knew he needed to get Bran in order to keep Bran from, or in order to keep the White Walkers from being destroyed, because he knew that's how he started. But I guess somehow he knew that that was that that Bran with Bran living would be the end of mm-hmm. them, and so it's it's weird. Yeah. Well, I just gotta watch the show. But yeah. anyway, so once he touched Bran, the protection that Bran had around him, the protection that the Ravens had around them from the night from the from the White Walkers, mm-hmm. it was absorbed. It went away. Mm-hmm. So so the, the Ravens can no longer hide from the White Walkers. No shit. Nothing can hide from the White. They're like unstoppable. 
Except for fire. Well, except for the leader. Right. The leader is immune to everything, basically. The, the, yeah, except, well, except for... <laughs> and the obsidian. Is he, what is he? Uh, what is dragon, he steel, and obsidian. Yeah. The, he's the Night King, right? Yeah. The Night, the King, Night yeah. King, Which, not to be confused with the Lord Commander of the Night's yes. Watch, who is known as the Night King. Yeah. Um, although, supposedly, he took a White Walker for a wife. She was always described as someone with pale hair... Bright blue glowing eyes and skin, who was very like pale's moonlight, huh. and started making horrible sacrifices beyond the wall. Which is also believed that this Night King itself was a Stark as well, because mm. Starks have manned the wall for thousands of years. Right. Yeah. And um, it took a combination of wildlings and Northmen to bring him down. Right. So that's when the Night's Watch really kind of started its descent to into what you see it as when the show starts. Isn't it like a punishment? Essentially, it used to be a position of honor, um, you know, but of course, as legends fade, yeah, you know, White Walkers are no longer around. They're considered ghost stories for kids. Um, so, I mean, I don't like I said, I don't know shit, but I do have a favorite character hmm. and that is definitely uh, was it Tyrion. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. He's the, the he, imp. He drinks yeah, yeah. and he knows that. Yes, well, I love that guy. Awesome actor, anyways. Right, Peter Dinklage is awesome, but like Tyrion by himself. I saw the scene where he kills his father, and his father's okay. taking a shit. Yes, yeah. also, and he goes, "Oh, he doesn't shit gold." And yeah. I was just like, "That's awesome. I love this guy. This guy's the greatest." Yeah, that, I mean that scene was pulled pretty much directly from the book. Yeah, dialogue a little different, but uh, because they they don't give one big reveal in the show that they did in the book, which was Tyrion's first wife, Tysha. Yeah. Uh, who he thought was a woman just chance encountered on the road who actually liked him whenever Jamie and Tyrion helped save her from being raped. Um, you come to find out that whenever Tywin found out he married this lowborn woman, it wasn't good enough for a Lannister, despite the fact he hates Tyrion so much that he had Jamie tell Tyrion that she was a prostitute okay. um, who was trying to rise above her station, basically. And then he paid everyone in his guard garrison to have a turn. Huh. Uh, and Tyrion was forced to watch. Wow. And come to find out later, when Jamie releases him out of prison in the third book, this is why he kills his father. Make no mistake about it. Yeah, him... Banging the other woman he loved, Shay, definitely contributed to it. But this was the reason. Was because what you find yeah, out about the first wife is Jamie lets him know he's like, I have to tell you the truth. He's like Tysha, she was exactly what she seemed. It was just a woman chance encountered on the road. It's like she wasn't a prostitute. Um, you know, our father did this, and yeah. I was complicit, and I'm sorry. You know, like, it, Jamie has that moment where he's finally... Doesn't he, Jamie turn a corner? I really love Jamie because of his journey, like, and to be cut. Like, yeah, he never... Yeah, he a huge amount of character growth in the he, movie. And the, he has and a lot of growth, but he also doesn't shy away from the fact that he used to be that. Like, he can still turn it on if he has to, but he's trying to be better. No I matter just saw what. that horrible movie he was in, uh, Gods of Egypt. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Which Chadwick Boseman was in it. Chadwick, yes, he was. He was. He was thought Whatever. not to be. <laughs> I mean, fucking Gerard Butler was in that. Like, how do you get that? 
I don't know how you pick Gerard Butler as set, but whatever. Uh, the kid, the kid in it that runs around is uh, Dick Grayson in the Titans. Wow. Well, you know what? At least things only went upward. Yes, because Titans, despite the fact, because I got this friend in Ashcroft, I've met him twice. I've played games with him online. I've met him through my friend Travis. Uh, Ashcroft hates everything. (laughs) So uh, Ashcroft hates Titans. I loved it. Titans was great. Um, I think they throw out the word fuck Mm -hmm. too much just because they can. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, when the first time when I watched Harley Quinn, I felt like every other word was the F word. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, I get it. You can cuss, but dial it back because you don't have to every single time. Right. This isn't- and uh, I know people have told me that about this show. Yeah. So. This isn't Casino, so, you know. Right. Uh, or 8 Mile. Huh. I think that in 8 Mile, I think they say, say, they say fuck, uh. 472 times in two hours. No, so they did. <laughs> like, somebody actually counted that out. Who just sits there and counts that out? Casino, they did the same thing. For, <laughs> 417, I think. Uh, like, it, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, at least at least he was able to do something. Um, you know, Titans. Yeah. I liked it. So, Doom Patrol 2. Big ups on both of those, DC. I, I think that's the thing. I mean, since we're talking about career trajectory and character arcs now that really brought Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire for all you book lovers out there. Oh, yeah. Um, It brought it home for me was the fact that these characters, none of them in particular are good people. Okay, so they're they're, all basically just terrible people. Terrible people doing terrible things. I wouldn't even say they're terrible. They're just horribly flawed. Like, Cersei is objectively terrible. She really is. She's entitled. She is flat-out evil to her core. But there's also that redeeming factor that she would absolutely... Like, she loves her children to the point of being like so loving that she's a bad parent like it, it's overdoing it Overkill. But because so more than a helicopter parent yeah because she is she's dedicated in at least one aspect of her life she really is okay. most of, most of her life is dedicated to the pursuit of power but then she has that motherhood aspect to her too where it causes her to make the worst decisions that really inevitably get all of them killed it does get them all killed yeah uh, so I got kicked out of a Facebook group because right towards the end of the series, hmm. somebody said, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Cersei Lannister is the best character, blah, 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 blah. And I said, I don't even watch the show, and it makes me want to choke you out. Yeah. I got kicked out of the group for that comment. Yeah, I mean... So, like... All, all the characters have at least one quality that kind of makes you... Like, I'll admit, when Joffrey choked to death in her arms at the... <laughs> the purple wedding, we'll call it. Uh, I know that's what everybody's taking to calling it, and I love that. The because, purple wedding? Yeah, his face turned a different shade of purple. <laughs> yeah. Do um, you know that he was in Batman Begins? Yes, he was the kid who gets the uh, grappling hook handed to him. Yeah. Yeah. Batman so, Begins. He went downhill fast. Right. So, <laughs> so back to your question, I mean, dealing with Cer- um, Cersei Lannister, her character... Um, 
I wouldn't necessarily say that she's the best character in the book, but she's a very important character. Mm. Well, yeah, I she, mean, the villain usually is an important yeah, character. Well, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... The villain causes growth. And it's it's funny, too, because even the characters... Because I know people are going to disagree with me heavily on that and be like, well, what about the Starks? They're all good people. No, they're not. Mm-hmm. They really aren't. Okay, I will say this. Catelyn Tully married into the family, so she doesn't exactly have the Stark makeup. But is that the mom? Yes, yeah. okay. she is. Who gets in the books gets killed like a thousand yeah. times. Yeah. She is incredibly petty. I will mm-hmm. say that, um, especially with her regard to Jon Snow. I was going to say, and isn't she like a shit to Jon Snow? And I don't get me wrong. That in the first season, I understand. I did see the first season. I understand her anger, but to take it out on a child is inexcusable. Exactly. Um, it's definitely the wicked stepmother. Yeah. She, she fits the wicked stepmother type. As somebody um, who has had four of them, let me tell she you. She is somebody who put her own... Um, basically, she helped Rob lose the war because of her own stupid actions. She cared more about what she wanted than she did about keeping her eldest son alive. Mm-hmm. That contribute. It wasn't the only factor. Rob was... I'm not even going to get into that right now. But it it but like all these people are flawed. He's a they light don't version of um, what they do not the last son. Joffrey. Yeah, she, he was a lighter. He was a Rob, more sensible version of Joffrey. Rob, no, Rob was he was a good person at heart, but he also let his own wants blind him to the needs of what he was facing in front of him. The thing about the Stark family is none of them had the ability to look forward. Nobody were forward. No, none of them were forward thinkers. No. Like it, they they could get as far as one plus one equals two, but if there was like you know, if you have to get into the order of operations, right, then yes. multiplications like they're not going to do that. They they're, look, they look one, at the bigger picture. One plus one equals two, but if it's part of the bigger math problem, where is it leading you to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one, none of them in that family could figure that out. Huh. And Sansa could at the end because she had to be taught that. Bran could because he could see everything. everything. Past, future, present. That's and, uh, it. Doesn't Tyrion and doesn't Tyrion King Bran at the end of it? Mm-hmm. The series, at least. Yeah, like Tyrion. So the the king is a Tyrion realized. I say the paraplegic. I was gonna yeah. say a cripple. Ter- Tyrion which I realized guess for that series would make more sense to say because uh, Tyrion realized at the end that Bran was the most sensible choice because they wouldn't have to worry about heirs because he couldn't produce any. Mm-hmm. At least it's you're so led to believe that. Yeah, you don't know. Um, he's a Stark. Yeah, <laughs> he's a Stark, so he probably won't be sitting on the throne long. Exactly. Um, All I know is, but uh, he also knows past, present, and future well enough to see the mistakes that could lead into everything they could. So he is essentially the only candidate who's actually qualified for the job. Yeah. Huh. All I know is that while George Martin, and I'm just not going to do the RR mm. every time because it's just. Anyway, all I know is that anytime George Martin got hate mail about any particular thing, his comeback was all, I'll kill every single Stark. Every one of them. I'll just keep killing Starks. So, like, to get the fans to shut the fuck up. So, uh... Like, it's... It's always funny because as much as people are always shocked at the deaths when they come about, if you really pay attention to the character's story... Every time they die, they've hit their logical end. Yeah. It never, like Rob Stark, when he gets killed at the Red Wedding, mm-hmm. 
Think about it. He won every battle, but he lost the war because he couldn't play politics. And he crossed the one person everybody told him not to. Like, him going back into that place was never going to be anything more than essentially either, you know, even if they wouldn't have had Lannister backing you, it would have happened anyway. And that was Filch, right? Yeah. Yeah, Walder. Yeah, Walder Frey or Mr. Filch for you Harry Potter fans. The God. He was also William Hartnell. Yep. And the first came back as the first doctor. Also, I, he also was in um, that show was called The Strand as the, um, I forgot the name of that guy. The Strand from Guillermo yeah. del Toro? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, so every character, as, mu- as shocking as the deaths seem to be when you read them, if you really think about everything leading up to that point, it just made sense. Yeah. Like, there, there's no way, like, you know, even Jon Snow getting killed before getting resurrected made sense because honestly as lord commander he didn't pay his dedication to doing the right thing which is the stark's problem will always get you killed nine times out of ten in a leadership position in those kind of stories because you know you have to play politics you can't do the right thing all the time you can hope that what you do leads to the right thing but you have to have that end game in mind and that goes once back again to the stark problem you can't see the forest from the trees. So in the books, like you say that he gets killed and resurrected. That happens a lot in the books, but in the show, it doesn't happen very often. It doesn't even really happen that much in the books. Beric Dondarrion gets killed and resurrected by the Red Lord's Prayer, uh, the Kiss of Life, as I recall it, yep. seven times before... Two on the nights. Before he passes it on to Catelyn Tully, right. who becomes Lady Stoneheart, um, which... Huge missed opportunity for the show there. I was gonna say they didn't even get into her in the show, except yeah. for the, you know at the mean, very beginning. It would have made a lot more sense to me to have, you know, it, but at the same time it worked, so I can't really complain either way. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Beric Dondarrion, Catelyn Tully, and that's actually it so far in the books. Like. You know, Jon Snow obviously coming back. That's a big one. Well, he gets killed like he hasn't written that yet, has he? uh, At the end of the fifth book, Jon Snow gets stabbed like 20 times by members of the Night's Watch. Um, Oh, by his own people. Yeah. And and they showed it in the show, too. Yeah. Killed by the Night's Watch. And that's actually when he comes back, he realizes how much he has screwed up and becomes a lot harder for it. He starts making the hard decisions because he realizes you can't just do what's required all the time. You have to do the unsavory, too. If you're put in a position of leadership, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. It's not. Okay. Off topic. Similar topic, I guess. We're still on topic. Who's the redheaded dude from the the north? The funny one. The one that's always after the big woman? Oh, uh, Tormund. Tormund Giantsbane. Love that guy. Yeah. I don't know anything about this show. That dude is awesome. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he is very funny. He was, I like his character. Is the big woman still here? Yes. The, the wildlings were yeah, absolutely amazing. Was he a wildling? Yeah. Okay. Uh, just, actually, I really love him in the books, too. Like, yeah. I... He doesn't... Well, he actually plays a pretty decent part. Like, he's... I enjoy the hell out of him. Like... What does he do? Like, what does he... I mean, he's a wildling, obviously. The best part about the Free Folk is, though, is that they are the 
truest form of freedom you can possibly find. Hmm. They, like, they technically do whatever the hell they want. Every single one of them. In Tormund Giant's Bane, what was it? He got his name from... He killed a giant and then... Cut open the the wife's stomach and pretended to be her baby so that way he could suckle at her teeth for a little bit until he was strong enough to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's that's the story. Uh, That's interesting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think they're the only people who live um, above the um, line where the White Walkers are. They stay away from the White Walkers. They... They have leadership based on strength, which leads mm-hmm. to it's. I, I don't know if you call it a herd mentality. No, it's a herdsman well, yeah. kind of clan. Kind of. I mean, they're very barbarianish. They're yeah. nomad. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Like they don't have a hierarchy and structure. It's just like anybody can be leader one day if you just show a little bit of strength. And, right. Huh. You know, you don't even have to kill the other guy to show that strength. Just like he, he steps up to you, just slap him in the mouth, and if exactly. he doesn't get back up, he's like, "Yeah, my turn." Like you know, it's the. <laughs> That's simply what it is. Huh. Very alpha, beta kind of thing. Yeah. And the only reason they start banding together is because the White Walkers. Yeah. The White Walkers are coming. So it's funny because it's the biggest threat in the books, in the show, but you don't see anything of them. The books, they don't get discussed hardly ever. Right. Um, The show, you you see a lot more of them in the show than you ever do in the books. Huh. Plain and simple. Like, it, well, okay. So there are eight seasons of the show, right? Right. Where do the books completely fall off, and they just went beyond? I, so there are five. Are there five or six books? Five for right now. But supposed to be seven total, but five. Um, so are out. in my opinion, I think in the books that I read, um, I didn't read. I didn't read the whole series. Yeah, of, of I haven't read any I mean, of the, so. the books. But I think I think the first season and half of the second season uh, was the end of the books, in my opinion. I think it was. I mean, they started diverging from the books a little bit in mm-hmm. season two, but where they actually started to get outside of plot points that occurred in the books was like. I'm trying to remember when the siege of River Run happened because it's right around that time uh, when Jamie basically gets River Run to surrender without killing anybody. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because he, well, he made a promise to Catelyn Stark, like, I won't raise arms against the Starks or the Tullys. And he lives true to that. Huh. He, you know, for once, he tries to keep his oath, even though he's known as an oathbreaker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he he does that. Um, and he it's right around that time. Woman. And I want to say it's... Where did the big woman come from? Six or seven, or six, maybe. Because you still have some elements of the fifth book bleeding over into season six, and then it starts to go way the hell off. So like, Brianna Tarr? Yeah. Yeah, I would ever, the big, the big woman. Yeah, she the comes... The woman that's She comes from the Sapphire Isle, which is a very small... Um, yeah. she. It's a very small, like, uh, lordship down in the south. I can't remember where exactly. It's in uh, the High Garden area. Believe because she's part of Renly's crew originally until he gets murdered mm-hmm. um, by the Shadow Baby. Mm-hmm. Shadow Baby, <laughs> yes. Oh uh, yeah, Melisandre just completely. Uh, she bangs Stannis, Stannis and was, uses his. Was he? Was it Stannis? Was Stannis uh, Baratheon. 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 Yes. Yeah. That the, was uh, the, the king's brother, right? Yeah. Yeah, the hard ass military dude who was all military, never going to be anything more than military, like. Did his duty. Yeah, she basically, but, like you said, banged him, took some of his life force, and created a shadow child. Yeah, huh. who uh, <laughs> murdered his brother. So that was good. 
Renly had an army of like 100,000 strong that he was going to invade King's Landing with. And truthfully, he probably would have failed because he's Renly. Renly had, <laughs> like as much as I hate to say it, Renly had no eye for combat. Right. He had to rely on, the only thing he had going for him was that Randall Tarly was part of his army. Because otherwise, you had the fucking Tyrells, which were, if, you, if it wasn't Elena Tyrell, the rest of them were incompetent. Right. Except for the Lord of Flowers, who could fight, but I don't think he ever had the leadership training. I who turned know. later in, turned into... Who was Renly's lover, yes. Well, Renly's lover, but I was going to say who later turned into Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so, <laughs> so I, I honestly don't think Renly would have been able to seize the Seven Kingdoms. I really don't. Yeah. He was definitely more of a social king than he was a military-minded or apt king. I think he knew how to play the politics, but he knew nothing else. Huh. Um, and, we- and that would have gotten him done with, you know, eventually anyway. All right, so uh, I know we've talked a lot, and I'm sitting here thinking about everything we've talked about, or you guys have talked about and I've listened to. What about her royal hotness? <clears throat> Talking about Daenerys there? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Amelia Clark. Yeah, Sarah Connor. Um, okay. Okay. Two Sarah Connors in that show. Yeah. Uh, Lena Haiti and yeah, there you go. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Give me a little history about the Daenerys. Uh, uh, the Targaryens. I remember in the first season, it was her and her brother. Yes. I hated her brother. Everybody did. He was a douche. Uh, I just wanted to reach in and just pummel him like the little pansy bitch he was. Uh, I was really happy with what ended up happening to him. I was like, ha, 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 So, uh, the show has a very odd misconception with the Targaryen family, is that they're immune to fire. If you pay attention to season one, Varys, or sorry, not Varys, Viserion, Viserys, good lord. Yeah, I, I keep thinking, yeah, the dragon's name is Viserion. Um, <clears throat> Viserys, Targaryen, is definitely not. He gets killed by molten gold. Yeah. She says herself, fire cannot kill the dragon, but he's true blood Targaryen. Like, incest and all. Like, mm-hmm. you know, go team, I guess. The Egyptians, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? And keeping it in the family ensures the dynasty can't run off course. Hashtag. Until you get a three-eyed, two-armed, six-toed baby. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this in there. Hashtag medieval Europe. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So. No, Europe, Russia, all that. So, okay. Damn weird royal family. Yeah. The Targaryens, I think, were cursed partly by prophecy. They were originally part of Old Valyria, which at some point was considered like an Atlantis of its age, highly advanced practitioners of magic, tamers of dragons, mm. Valyrian steel, all that good stuff. Before a calamity happened, of which you have no fucking idea what. And the place just evaporated overnight. So, like, Atlantis just sank into the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Like, except there's a smoking sea around this to where they say if you ever make it through, you're never going to make it back once you step foot on the continent itself. Huh. Oh, shit. Although, supposedly, a few people have been there, which is one of the gray joys, because I hate that fucking guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's the only one who I think could pull it off, but... Greyjoy, I don't know. Uh, you're on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, know. we'll get to them later. I remember like the Littlefinger, the and then there was the eunuch. So uh, the Greyjoys, their their ancestors, I think, were supposed to be mermaids. So if we take a look at it, uh, the reason why the Targaryen family survived was because they were on Dragonstone. 
which was far enough away from the Calamity that it was unaffected, uh, they still had dragons. And Dragonstone was very small, though, like 300 people kind of thing. Like, you know, like he had an army of just a few hundred when he came across the Narrow Sea. It, it wasn't part of the Seven Kingdoms originally. Mm-hmm. So he sets across and decides, like, hey, I like this place. I'm going to get the hell off Dragonstone, which was basically a volcanic island. Yeah. And I'm going to make make something for my family here. And uh, proceeds to use his dragons to just light everybody up to the point where people in Westeros are like, well, I don't know what this shit is. Right. I can't fight this. You know, so they, they pledge their fealty and thus a dynasty is born. And for hundreds of years, uh, that dynasty is going just fine, but they prefer to kind of keep things in the family. I think there was a little bit of outward marrying because you do have an offshoot of the Targaryens known as the Blackfires, which led a big rebellion and caused a schism within the family. So they didn't always marry within. Yeah. Um, But I think it really probably started to go heavily in after, like, it it became in vogue after that. Like, we're going to do this, okay? So... They do that. Um, well, I mean, a Stark is with a Targaryen at some point. Yeah, exactly. And uh, part of the problem, one of the kings before the beginning of the show, uh, they, they're they always interested in prophecy. And one of them has said that the prince who was promised who would deliver Westeros or the world from uh, to, to salvation from the next coming of the Long Night where the White Walkers come back will come from their line and he's already married to a sister at the time so they're thinking oh we got to keep just banging relatives like clearly that's where this is going to go so they keep it going but the Targaryens as they go through become so obsessed with this idea of either fire and dragons becoming dragons becoming this idea gradually become more insane as the generations go down the line okay it becomes a joke, you know, flip a coin when a Targaryen child is born to figure out whether it would be a fucking psychopath or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you eventually get to Rhaegar, who is right. Prince, who, oh no, Aerys second is the Mad King. Um, his son, Rhaegar, Prince Rhaegar, is the one who steals Lyanna Stark. Jon Snow's father, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jon Snow's, yeah, Jon Snow's father. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so... Who, sorry, steals her, air quotes. Um, she definitely willingly ran off right. and didn't tell anybody, which started the war against the Targaryens because their abuses were becoming terrible anyway. People were already dissatisfied. But now you have a rallying cry of, you know, he stole my betrothed. This shit can't happen. Um, the Starks and Barath, or, no, it's just the Starks. Rickard Stark, who is Ned Stark's father, and Brandon Stark go down to King's Landing to demand that Rhaegar come out and face justice for kidnapping their, you know, so daughter and sister, yeah. or, you know, and and die for it. Mm-hmm. So the Mad King's like, nope, not gonna happen. What he does is he chains Brandon up by his neck and sets a sword just out of reach while he strings his father up above a fire that gradually gets hotter while he's in full metal armor, so that way he can cook him alive. And he basically tells Brandon, if you can get to the sword, you can save your father. So Brandon chokes himself to death trying to get to the sword while his father burns alive in front of him. Yeah. And this is made into a spectacle. Yeah, I can see that. This becomes like a huge rallying cry. Ned Stark uh, and... 
Robert Baratheon are demanded to be handed over for, you know, to be killed or mm -hmm. to basically be in prison, put in place, so that way nobody rebels. John Aaron of the Vale refuses and instead rallies the North, the Stormlands, which is where Robert Baratheon's lord of, and uh, River Run by... By the Tullys, because Ned marries Catelyn yeah, in yeah. Brandon's place, and thus you have the War of Succession. You know, like it's well, not a War of Succession; it's a War of yeah, it, Civil War. You know, and uh, Tywin Lannister has been dicked over by the king so many times that he decides to sit out completely. The Lannisters could have turned the tide in favor of the Targaryens, but you know, yeah, you, you fuck somebody over enough, and eventually. They just don't want anything to do with you. Right. So, I mean, aren't the Lannisters end up in power through the majority of the conflict or whatever? They do, but only because at the last second of the war, whenever they see the tide has completely... Like, the Targaryens can't recover. Robert faced Rhaegar in open combat on the Trident and killed him by smashing in his breastplate with a warhammer. Nice, nice. Yeah, hit him so hard that they called it the Ruby Ford because the rubies and Rhaegar's armor spread all over the place. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, collapsed him, you know. Yeah, yeah. It killed the dynasty right there. Uh, Tywin decides to seize, a, you know, advantage of it and pretend to be an ally to the Targaryens at the last second, and he marches his army to King's Landing uh, and demands they open the door so they can help them defend the city from when Ned Stark and Robert get there. Yeah. Because, well, Ned Stark has already proven himself to be quite capable at this point, too. Yeah. More so than Robert. Um, <laughs> so. I mean, I mean, we all know what happens. Women. Yeah. So, Sean Bean played him, so we all knew it was coming. Yeah, so. Brackens love women. That was, that was yeah. What. What happens is... Brackens love women. Oh, uh, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> I remember that first episode of the second yeah. season, which is the only other episode I've ever seen in the entirety, where basically Joffrey is killing all of his father's bastards, mm -hmm. and after about, you know, 30 of them, I'm like, God damn, this guy got around. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he didn't get them all either. Oh, uh, no, because yeah. it doesn't... Arya... Take off with one of them. Well, they're, they all get snuck out. The thing is, he only got the ones in King's Landing. Yeah, they're all over the kingdom. Yeah, so like, we got a very Genghis Khan esque guy here. Yeah, he's got he's got babies with last names Snow, Sand, Storm. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's he's got plenty of bastards around there. Like his line. He's Genghis Khan. He's exactly like you said. I mean, like, Genghis Khan. I think like sixteen percent of everybody. One in one in six people in Westeros will be related to. Yeah, Robert I think Baratheon. it's like I think it's one in five are related to Genghis Khan. Oh yeah. So <laughs> Jesus, that's a lot of. Well, it's like when I, I mean, it's good to be the king, I guess. When, when my mom did her twenty three and Me thing, I'm like, did anything pop up in Mongolia? She's like, no. Why would it? I'm like, well, Genghis Khan got around because, <laughs> because I'm like, God, we truly, yeah, our family, we. I mean, when I found out what most of hers was was Scandinavian, I'm like, yeah, he didn't touch shit up there. No, he didn't. Like, he was smart. Like, my, yeah, my family wasn't. We were all Vikings. It was just like, we can't do anything up here. We're going to just take your shit instead. But, yeah, back you up You are redheaded, so yeah, I can see that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're, it's not all red. It's more blonde now. 
yar, you know, like, yeah, yar. the definitely heavily Irish, Scottish, Scandinavian influence. Oh, yeah. Here. I mean, I've got, no, it, me, it's English, French, yeah. Irish, Scottish, I think Norwegian. Yeah. Yeah, I think I got a little, a few Nords. So. Is it Nords? Nords? I don't know. Anyway. So. So Robert Baratheon yeah, uh, was so a bit of a serious. Here's what happens at the end of the war. They, they let Tywin's army into King's Landing. And Tywin immediately just goes, all right, sack the place. They start pillaging, plundering, raping everything in sight on their way to the castle. Like, they're, they're not so concerned. Like, uh, what was it? He has Gregor Clegane, though, and a few mm-hmm. other men scale the castle towers to go in, find Rhaegar's wife and children, and kill them. Okay. specifically so there cannot be any additional heirs. Uh, you know, no Targaryens to come back later whenever they'd already spirited Daenerys and uh, Viserys away. Daenerys was actually born on the ship ride over to Dragonstone during oh, this okay. whole thing. So in the beginning, what are the what are the people she ends up with? Khal Drogo? Oh, the Dothraki. The Dothraki. Yeah. So they're on Dragonstone? Uh, the Dothraki are in the Great Grass Sea on Essos. Um, I believe it's another continent. That's right. Um, so they, they're very much like a... They're nomadic completely. They just no, roam around the place. They're kind of yeah. like the Mongolians, aren't they? Well, there's horses, I mean, Yeah, nomads. actually, they are very based on the Horde. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, because I'm trying to think, it, which is funny because Tywin's decision to have Rhaegar and the children murdered, or sorry, Rhaegar's wife and the children murdered, are specifically what leads to, if you want to look a little further on, one of Cersei's children's death later. Which one? Uh, Marcella. Okay, wait. So after Joffrey, who takes over? uh, After Joffrey, it is Tommen. Yeah. King Tommen, the the horribly sweet child that he was. I basically... He was more obsessed with playing with his kittens than he was actually doing any governance and would basically sign anything people put in front of him. Yeah. Which is why I've always, yeah, I've always referred to certain presidents. I'm not going to name specifically which one I'm thinking of, although take a guess. Is uh, is it the orange one? Yes. Are you talking about the orange one? Yeah, he okay. is uh, President Tommen. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> so, although I guess he'd be more concerned with playing with bunnies. <laughs> yeah. Zinger. Yeah. All we right. definitely know it's not Toad from Mario. <laughs> um God damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You did it. <laughs> I did. I had to go there. You did. What else am I gonna do? I don't know shit about you what's know, going on. You know the bad, pretty good. <laughs> you know what the bad part is? I appreciate you for that. <laughs> but I'm also a little mad. Like there's just that <laughs> It was the mental image I can't get out. Right. But the joke, that's just so pure. So Thanks, think. Stormy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you got Drago's people who are basically <clears throat> nomadic. I think at one point in time they weren't, but then something happened and they all <clears throat> became nomads. And I think at one point in time they used to be a, a matriarchy, but then it, it was changed to a, a patriarchy because of something that happened. Um, it's just it's interesting <clears throat> dynamics with that. It's, but, um, it's very strange because in their culture, if you have your leader mm-hmm. of your partic- and they grow their braid out and it only gets cut if they lose. Right. Yeah. And Cal Drogo, well, he never had a haircut. Yeah. So, I knew yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but they also have their underlings known as blood riders. 
blood of blood of my blood, that kind of you know. Let's that, just say the, kinship. The one thing that I do know about the Dothraki was that now Daenerys and Khal Drogo's like if I remember, marriage kind of like turned into like kind of a sweet thing. It really did. Uh, she was. They were able to speak to each other in a way that could only really happen when two people actually try to take the time to understand one another. Yeah. And kind of figure out, you know, she she showed that she was trying to learn and show him that, you know, she was worthy of... Of him? Of more respect. Not, not mm-hmm. worthy of him. It was one of those, like, I'm your wife, but I can also do this shit, too. Like, yeah. you know, she showed her own strength, and in the Dothraki culture, you respect that strength. Okay, so... You know, like, it, it just led to a more understanding and caring relationship between both of them that started off as a very... One-sided thing. Yeah, very one-sided rapey thing, yeah. <laughs> it was very rapey. I remember <laughs> the beginning, I was like, this is kind of rapey. Um, Although, actually, it winds up being more consensual in the book. I know that. Because like, like, a lot of the show, it, she was trying to... Like, he tried to come in and take her one night. She's like, no, no, we're well, going to do this right. Even their first encounter is actually more consensual. Huh. It, it doesn't start off that way, but gradually turns into it's Actually, it's a weird dynamic. I mean, I just remember it became one of those sweeter parts of the series, and I was it, just like, okay, this is cool. It really did. Um, oh. But, the, what was it, the Dothraki with her blood rice? If I recall correctly, there's kind of an Egyptian element to it, too, whereas if the leader dies, as Khal Drogo did, the blood riders are supposed to join him in entombment, basically, mm-hmm. or, you know, burning on the pyre to go to the Nightlands. Yeah. Um, which Caldrogos they don't, because he doesn't die right away. Yeah, yeah. He's shown to be too weak to sit a horse, which means he's no longer capable of leadership. Right. Yeah. And so didn't. they abandon him. Right. So yeah, you, you know the few that stick around who are loyal to him because. Well, I thought he got didn't he go crazy or something. No. Was um, that just the show? He didn't go crazy. He. Kind uh, of, she does. Do she does some kind of weird spell thing? She loses yeah. the baby. Yeah, she goes, but she basically brings him back as a vegetable. Yeah. I, I shouldn't use that term. He's catatonic. He's completely right. oblivious to anything and everything going on around him. Isn't there a pyre for him? Doesn't she throw herself on the pyre? Yes, which this leads to the misconception about the Targaryen family that the show kind of set in viewers' minds. Targaryens are not immune to fire. What she did, essentially was in that funeral pyre with her three stone dragon eggs that she took in with her. Because she thought they were just stones, right? Right. She thought they nothing could ever happen with them. Like, these things were long dead. These, like, there's dragon eggs all over the place, but they're decorations. Like, they, nothing's going to happen with them. She accidentally pulled off a blood magic ritual mm-hmm. when she burned Khal Drogo. The dragon eggs. The, the dragon baby. eggs. The witch who killed Caldrogo, mm-hmm. and then herself. Mm-hmm. Three for three. Huh. However, one of them was already that. Like, it, the blood magic basically, since she was the caster, almost protected her, but also hatched the dragons at the same time. Mm-hmm. So huh. that way she could be the mother to oh. them. Like, okay. Yeah, like at, at other points, she, she enjoys the heat, like, she enjoys warmth, but. She's never completely immune from it. Well, I remember she gets into the boiling <clears throat> bath. Yeah. Like and that's it, the first time you see all of Amelia Clark. Because it's one of those, like, 
the difference between her and the rest of the Targaryens is that she has magic. Okay, so... The rest of them don't. It's not anything the Targaryens are intrinsically born with. So she's not actually the dragon. Yeah, otherwise Viserys wouldn't have, you know, at least become a partial bust. You know, like he gold-casted. I loved that, though. Yeah, so it's a misconception that a lot of... I think a lot of people have about the family. It's It's not that... They're immune to fire. They aren't. Plenty well, I thought of, just the dragon was. Yeah, plenty just, of Targaryens. Like how could you be the dragon when you're not immune to fire or something like that? Right. Lines. Plenty of Targaryens have been... Huh. Well, they, they've they been roasted because yeah. of their own stupidity. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some of them... The book, one of them was eaten by the dragon, wasn't it? Yeah, one of, them, <laughs> one of them also tried to drink wildfire because he thought... It would turn him into a dragon. It'd be reborn. Yeah, he was reborn, all right. Exactly. Now, okay, so here's the big one of the big things. A lot of Targaryens. Like, I heard a lot the, that uh, Tyrion was actually a Targaryen. There's the rumor. Tywin always said, "You're no son of mine, and if I could prove it, I'd have you thrown into the sea." Like Tyrion is, he has Targaryen features. His hair is partly blonde partly silver, like a Targaryen's would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has one gold eye, one purple, like a Targaryen. Targaryens always have purple eyes. It's one of their distinguishing features. It's how you know you're looking at one. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they didn't really do that in the show. <clears throat> they? No. Otherwise, they didn't. So it, it's how you know you're looking at one. And Tyrion had some of those features. And it was always rumored that the Mad King, another way he pissed Tywin off, was by... Uh, <laughs> Sloping with his wife. Yep, and getting him to raise the kid. Like, mm-hmm. that's the... <laughs> right? Like, there's definitely... Another thing he did was he promoted Jamie to the Kingsguard, which means you forfeit all of your land and titles. Yeah. Which means Jamie could not be heir to uh, Casterly Rock anymore. Oh, okay. It would be... Really, it would wind up being Tyrion mm-hmm. by that logic, but... Cersei always wanted it too, but he's like, no, I'm always going to have you shipped off to be married. Like, that was always his idea. Yeah. Um, which was one of those to, uh, for Robert Baratheon to secure his throne was why he married Cersei in the first place. Okay. It's because Tywin Lannister was still, well, the biggest swinging dick in the room, really. Right. Like, he, he had to basically do that. So it was a loveless marriage. She actually cared about him. Well, I remember they had a conversation in that first season, because, I mean, Robert Baratheon didn't make it that long. Um, <laughs> neither did Ned or Cal Drogo or... Both of Ned's fault. Ned got caught up in some shit he probably shouldn't have. It's but, politics. Yeah, it was all <laughs> politics. And Ned... <sighs> Ned lost a few feet. Uh, yeah, which is know. funny, because George R. Gandalf was Ned Stark because he ain't coming back. Right. He's like, it does it, it lessens the impact that it had if you just have him come back later. Yeah. Well, way to go, George, because Ned Stark is still one of my favorites. And I'm like, uh, talk more about that. I don't know. It's a very quiet episode, I feel. Hmm. I feel like this has been a very quiet episode with the exception of. 
I, our toad joke. I uh, keep <laughs> I keep fumbling around for like my pocket protector because I'm going full nerd on this one. Well, I mean that's like, kind of the point, though, isn't it? Right, the nerds, and in fact, all of these people uh, have so, nerded out into broadened out their nerd into other like, areas. I'm going like, to be afraid to walk outside because I'm going to get my ass beat for lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be afraid to walk outside just because you know nerds are tend tend to be kind of pasty. So, but yeah, I've had to learn to live with that one. <laughs> So what do you know about the the religion parts or I mean, in the show? And in the yeah, isn't, okay. There's old gods. There's like new gods. Here we go, <laughs> cracking the knuckles. Right, so, yeah. Let's bring it out. So I'm trying to get this to get to, to um, the. He's got a point, I guess. Yeah, the first men in the Andals worshipped what they called the old gods, which were really essentially created by the children of the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the weirwood trees. Okay. Uh, I, and I think I think the trees. Andals and the First Men are different, so I might not be completely right on that. But the First Men, well, actually, no, it would be the Andals. I don't know. Okay, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, they worship the weirwood trees. They pray to their gods through those weirwood trees because it's a face, you know, something they could prescribe to. It occurs yeah. naturally, like they know their god is there, mm-hmm. um, and they look for wisdom and pray to those. It's almost like a form of meditation in a way. Mm. Because I don't think those weirwood trees ever answered back. And if they did, it was one of the children of the forest. Right. Um, because the children, children of the forest can see through the weirwoods. They can connect to the roots and see the vast network of them across Westeros. Huh. That's kind of wild. For where they still exist. Um, so then you have the seven. The seven? Now, for the love of God, I cannot name all of them. I know they face... When did we swing over to the boys' area? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're, the first one, Billy Butcher, is... Uh, <laughs> Billy Butcher. Uh, Diabolical. I'm, God, I'm going to look up the seven. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's Homelander and Starlight and the Deep. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. So, each of them, okay, basically there are different aspects of life symbolized, so it, think of it as like, kind of like your Greek pantheon, you have your goddess, you have your goddess of this, your god of that, and they all represent a different aspect of life, it's just there's, like Zeus and Hera, it's called the seven in one, yeah, the god that has seven aspects or faces. It sounds like they married the Greek pantheon to Christian, Christianity. I mean, really, yeah. It's so you have the father. He represents divine justice and judges the souls of the dead. Woo! Yeah, the mother represents mercy, peace, fertility, and childbirth. Okay. Yeah, sometimes referred to as the strength of women. Uh, She also blesses crops with bountiful harvests because you know, life, of course. Uh, The maiden, purity, innocence, love, and beauty. So you're Aphrodite of sorts. Yeah. she protects the chastity of virgins. I don't know how pure Aphrodite is, because I'm pretty sure yeah, she's she... getting her rocks off all the time. Yeah, you know, goddess of love. Yeah, you gotta have something. Right? And she loves a bad boy, because she's always um, with Hades. Oh. The maiden is also about protecting the innocent. Yeah, okay. So, clearly, she's not doing her fucking job whatsoever. <laughs> right. Um, the crone, wisdom and foresight, uh, represented carrying a lantern and depicted as blindfolded. No, she's like an old bat, old woman. Yeah. Witch so, kind of thing. wisdom and foresight, yet has a blindfold on. Okay. Interesting. 
idea there. Uh, the warrior, strength and courage in battle, obviously. Definitely the one Robert Baratheon prayed to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The smith, creation and craftsmanship. And the stranger represents death and the unknown. No so one basically really... we got Zeus, Hera, hmm. Aphrodite, uh, Crone. I don't know who that would be. But definitely Hades, Hephaestus, and yeah. Pluto. Or, I said Hades. Yeah, essentially. Uh, so, another uh, interesting way... Aries, I'm sorry. Aries is what I meant. So, anyway. the stranger is kind of an interesting one because no one really likes that guy. They don't pray to him. It's like Aries. But yeah, or not Aries. God damn it. Hades, fuck. Yeah, it's like, it's death and the unknown. Now, an interesting idea, though, is that in the religion of R'hllor, the red god, you have the red god himself, who is one and only divine, and then you have the great other, who is representative of destruction and chaos and death. So it's 2020. like... 2020! Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, see? Yeah, there we go. Good, good representation. <laughs> we'll just know this is the year of the great other. Um, uh. The stranger is kind of, in its own way, a parallel to that. It's death and the unknown. It's hmm. represented... So it, nobody likes these two gods. And even more interesting is that with the seven and one, you have one god, seven aspects, seven faces. Mm -hmm. You have the faceless men who have their own religion of sorts, who is, you have, the only god is death, but he's a many-faced god. Many-faced, yeah. Yeah, like... That's the one that Arya took up with, the group of assassins that Arya Oh, when Arya yeah. became an assassin. Now, did Arya die in the books? No. Okay. Somebody said that in the show, it was the first time it veered off and that Arya was supposed to die. No, no, she was never supposed to die. I was going to say, I was like, my, my dad's kind of told me all about these books, and I don't remember, because Arya is yeah. like his favorite character, yeah. and I don't remember her dying, because I'm pretty sure he'd have stopped reading them if she'd have died. So, they're, yeah, they, it's weird, because all the religions seem to come back to each other in yeah. a weird way. Kind yeah. of like it really is today. Well, yeah. I mean, there's supposed to be like aspects of one god, like you were saying earlier, mm -hmm. but there's just different aspects of that god's life. That the people divided up into different things. Like I'm really going to try to keep my religious beliefs out of this, but go ahead. No, 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 I'm done. I'm, I'm just, just like, they all touch on each other. If you really look at religion today, all of them, they do. They oh, all they do. are pretty much they the are. same I shit. Totally agree with that. Well, I mean, it's all the same horse shit shoveled down the same tube. Christianity is even based on Judaism. Judaism, just we added the New Testament. Well, even, like, the, the story of Jesus is actually taken from, like, a bunch of different stories. If I recall correctly, the four prophets of Islam are Muhammad, Abraham, Jesus, and... Oh, why can't I think of the last one? Was it... Um, was it Moses? We wouldn't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not I can't... Sure yeah, I, I just know that there's a parallel to that with Christianity. The only difference is Muhammad. Yeah. Um, which, you know... Well, I mean, it was like they took the Torah and built upon it and made the Christian book, and then they, they took the Christian yeah, book and built upon it and made the the Quran. Actually, the Torah and the Quran are more similar, or before Christianity, they're both, they're yes. both the same. They're both yeah. similar? Okay, so, yeah. well, then one took from the other. I mean, yeah, they, they all definitely took aspects from I mean, even other. Buddha, they're waiting for another Buddha to show up. So, I mean, they're mm. waiting for Buddha to come back. It's all the same shit. Yeah, I... Um, so, and it's, and they play off that really well in Game of Thrones because everybody has their different religious beliefs, but right. 
you never really see anybody practicing them outside of the zealotry of Melisandre or uh, the Lord of the Light, yeah. Danis, yeah. Which I still don't know if the Lord of the Light was really a demon or not. Because <laughs> I mean, those shadow children—that's that's like. I was gonna say that's some demonic shit. And the, fact right that, and the fact that most of the practitioners of that religion they didn't age once they devoted themselves to the Lord of the Light, they stopped aging. So oh. well, I'm sorry, no, they kept aging, but their physical appearance never changed. It was Dorian well, Gray shit. It was a glamour, right? Oh, okay. uh, in the case of Melisandre, when she takes when she takes off her um, emerald yeah. necklace, right? She all of a sudden reveals the fact she's like 400 years old. Oh right. shit! And their, their life is also extended too because of their devotion to that god. Huh. Yeah. And, and that's the that's the weird crazy one. But the she always chick. yeah she always knew when she was gonna die though. Yeah, kind of so. like Rowena on uh, uh, Supernatural. She always mm-hmm. said that she knew when she was gonna die. And yeah, she I think, was gonna be the one. I think they were all given a vision. All all the ones who served them were given a vision of when they're gonna die. And yeah, they just lived to that point and they never died. Huh. So it, it's weird because their god does not guide them directly. He shows them visions in the flames. They have to interpret those visions and act upon them, which inevitably will lead them toward their final goal. It's just whenever they think they're right, it's also not being able to see. It's also kind of a test of your belief in a way because you either know you're right, you pursue this path, and then find out you're wrong at Mm. the end of it. Only to get the same result anyway, just not how you thought you were going to get it. Right. Kind of like chaos magic. Right, which is sort of odd too because in, in, uh, in in the TV series... They were, and it could be the it could be the wildlings, mm. the children. So it could be the children that could initially be their gods too, because they were one of the only ones in there who could affect the um, White Walkers in the TV series. They're on. They're like the only priest clerics that could kill a White Walker without using obsidian or using um. Dragon oh Mars. yes, um, and Dragon probably Mars. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because they could, they would basically what they'd do is say their oath to their god. Like, so the knight, um, the one that you mentioned earlier with the patch, and the show you have oh, the patch over his eye, he killed the white walker with a flaming sword. Nobody else could do that. Huh. That, okay. that was because he devoted himself partially. He was like a paladin for the Lord of the Light. Now, who is Ramsey? Ramsey Bolton? Uh, you're talking about the bastard? Yeah. Son? Uh, well, so I should say Ramsey Snow. Basically, mm-hmm. your bastard name is whatever region Country you're born you're from. in. Yeah, yeah I knew that so. with the snow. Okay, so yeah. in the north, John Snow was. But he gets, I guess, officially legitimized, which was a terrible idea. And uh, he was the Boltons are actually a bannerman of House Stark who plotted against them at the Red Wedding because they could see how far south everything was going, and they just wanted to come out on top. Okay. So he became warden, or, ran, or sorry, Roose Bolton. His father became warden of the North, and then we haven't. You know, what led to the Battle of the Bastards? Uh, it was, Are we that far enough that I can ask that question? Is that is that? I mean, okay? you kind of can't. I mean, we we've been kind of jumping all over the chronology, but yeah, like okay. basically, I all don't that, know. I have no. Clue. Well, we've. It's weird. We've been discussing the chronology only because we're discussing the world. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to jump all over the place. Uh, so, I guess we want to get into the history of what leads up to the Battle of the Bastards. You have to start with the War of the Five Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what happens is Robert Baratheon dies because he was given wasn't he gored fortif- by a fucking bull he or was something? given fortified wine by his wife before the hunt, which caused him to be a little slower on the draw than he normally was, and got gored. Yeah. Okay, so he got Cersei, taken out by bacon. 
Yeah, Cersei used her cousin Lancel to kill him. Yeah. Okay, so Cersei killed him. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Um, yeah, she she was more than ready to get him out of the way. Yeah. And uh, Ned Stark was snooping around and figured out that John Aaron, before he got poisoned to death, was on to the fact that all of Cersei's kids were products of Jaime. Yeah. Um, which is funny because at that point, Ned is like, oh, well, she clearly had John Aaron killed. No. No, she did you not. You see the hand before yeah. Ned? Okay. So what had really happened was Littlefinger knew this information anyway mm-hmm. because he knows everything. And he put his own plan in motion, caused chaos. And I don't know if some of you will remember from the show the chaos is a ladder speech. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses that chaos to up his position. Mm, okay. gradually to the point where he can eventually make a power grab. Mm-hmm. Right. So he has John Aaron's wife, Lysa Tully, Lysa Aaron at this point, I guess, uh, poison him. Okay. Secretly. You know, so that way uh, no one knows what the hell happened. He just looks like he got overtaken by fever before he could let anybody know what horrible secrets he See, had. See, I remember watching the season, the first season, and Ned mm-hmm. was starting to figure out that Joffrey and all of Robert's real uh, or legitimate kids were not actually his mm. kids, and he started figuring out the bastards thing. Yeah, and then of course he loses his head because uh, he couldn't play politics. Yeah, uh, trying to do the right thing. You got done. Yep, and uh, so basically at that point, um, Littlefinger sets the War of Five Kings in motion. Okay. So is that what the conflict is, the War of Five Kings? Is that what this whole show is about right now? Right up until about season five or so. I mean, really, the War of Five Kings might as well have ended when Robb Stark died, but at that point, nothing else was really happening. Right. Um, I know that everybody gets back together for the war against the Walkers. Yeah, so the Baratheons form their own faction because Renly wants to take over. Stannis does too. Okay, so the Baratheons are kind of even battling yeah, each other. they're battling each other. So you've got two kings right there. Um, okay. Stannis would have been the next in line, given Joffrey's illegitimacy to the throne. Yeah. So technically he has a better claim to the throne. Renly just has a bigger army. Um, but he's an idiot. Yes, okay. he is. Uh, yeah, he just... Hmm. It's, of, like, it's like the only time I'm going to be able to talk about the battle? Yeah. It's the Battle of the Bastards, and I'm just kind of like, so, I don't even know how the hell it come about. As a result of Ned Stark not being sent off to the wall as he was supposed to, and Joffrey going, yeah, let's just kill him instead, um, Rob Stark takes up arms. Yeah, and, yeah, against Joffrey. So uh, now to, we're... To King's Landing? Now King's we're up Landing? To, yeah, okay. now we're up to four kings. Okay. Right? Uh, and then, shortly after the Greyjoys declare their own rebellion... Um, and declare their own kingdom as well. So now you have five. Although the Greyjoys, they don't really have a huge vision, honestly. Mm. Balon is the raiders. Kind of. Balon's kind of a joke, honestly. Yeah. Like it, Theon's father is just dumb. Yeah, they're just raiders. They're like they're like Vikings, sea Vikings, sea okay. pirates. Basically. And then Mance Raider, who's known as the King Beyond the Wall, is also harassing the Night's Watch and trying to figure out a way to get his people across the wall to get away from the Walkers. So technically, six kings 
I mean, you can make the joke. So it's the Seven Kingdoms. Where the seventh one? Um, what was it? So you have River Run declares with Rob Stark, obviously. So there, that that kingdom, King of the Kingdom of the North, Kingdom of River Run, Kingdom of the Vale. The Vale sits out, even though Rob's aunt is leader of the Vale. Is that the the weird thing yeah. where they have the hole in the thing? Yeah, and yeah. kids nuts and yeah. Don't they kick the kid in the hole? Wow. No, <laughs> they don't kick the kid. They kick somebody in the hole. Littlefinger does it at the end of the movie. No, he he throws Lysa through the hole, but yeah, uh, right. Rob and Aaron actually. Oh, the mother psycho. Yeah, he yeah, okay. uses the kid as a puppet. Okay, I remember the kid yeah. breastfeeding off of like the 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 ten year old kid yeah. breastfeeding off of the very weird. Oh, so we have four kingdoms. I think there's a North River Run Island. Um, sorry, no, that's three. Oh well, no, you got uh, and the King's set, Landing. You got well, yeah, King's Landing. I think it's just a, kind of like its own DC kind of thing. Mm. You have Dorne. Well, I mean, they're um, trying to hold on to power. Sorry, right? the Iron Islands. So there's five now. And then they called the Iron Throne. The, the st- throne we all see with yeah. the swords and shit. The Stormlands and Highgarden. Okay. I, and I could be a little off on some of those. I mean, it, <laughs> no matter what, I, I can't do as much injustice to Dorne as the show did. <laughs> um. Yeah, so. Now, who's the poor bastard who gets his dick cut off? <laughs> Oh, that's Theon. Theon? Yeah. Okay. He had it flayed. He had it. No. Oh. No. Like, I just know that there was like a scene where whoever did it was the, eating a sausage and yeah. he's like, oh, don't worry, it's not yours. Yeah. <laughs> that was Ramsay, yeah. yeah. Was that Ramsay? So. And he has dogs, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So. That's important. Later. Out of <laughs> out of all the kings, Renly's the first to go from the Shadow Baby, and Stannis inherits his army. Okay, so well, Stannis is a huge For army. the most part. Not a whole lot of people were too thrilled about Stannis being in charge. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he inherits a lot of Renly's army. Nobody really likes Stannis, honestly. Like, he's an interesting... I kind of remember him briefly from the show being a yeah. dick. He's an interesting character, but it's just like he never had the charisma to be able to lead people in yeah. anything more than a military capacity. Okay. Um. So... He decide like, you know, Renly's the first to go. Rob Stark is proving incredibly capable in the field. Like until, you know, he, he doesn't, the wrong person. Yeah, he doesn't lose a battle. Plain and simple. He also tricks Jamie Lannister into getting captured. Huh. Because he knew he could never face Jamie Lannister on the battlefield without dying. He made it to where he basically like Tywin Lannister lost an entire army and his son in one fight. And it was all based on a plan that Rob came up with by distracting Tywin elsewhere. Huh. So the smartest man in the Seven Kingdoms got tricked by a 16-year-old upstart. Nice. And made a huge power move. Like, Rob actually got to the point where he was looking at trying to invade Tywin's seat of power, Casterly Rock. Huh, Yep. He never lost a battle, but because he couldn't play the politics, he lost the war. Yeah, that's so a great way. Yeah. yeah, so you you lead into that. Is like, nope, not happening. Rob is also using the chaos that Stannis's army is ca- is causing by marching to King's Landing because Stannis has the navy mm-hmm. on his side, like the only navy. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, yeah, that's a big. And also more men than 
what they do in the entirety of King's Landing, and Tywin is trying to make sure that Rob Stark can't march to join him down south. Okay. So they're using the chaos yeah. completely. Stannis has a really good opportunity to, you know, seize to seize power, but he can't quite pull it off because of a last-second alliance caused by him killing Renly because couldn't think that far ahead. Right, okay. Um, so his Siege of King's Landing fails. Rob is still winning battles in the north, can't be touched. Like, but the politics is starting to get to him. Then you have the Red Wedding happen. Uh, you know, they kill Rob, cut off his head, sew his dire wolf's head onto his body and parade him around. Okay. Um, and then... After that, you're down to basically the Greyjoy Rebellion, which isn't doing... Dick. Yeah, it's not doing fuck all. <laughs> um, and essentially, that's it. Like, the war really comes to a grinding halt. Now you have political intrigue that's playing. The Tyrells are trying to make power grabs in King's Landing from their newfound marriage alliance with the Lannisters. Okay. Um, in fact, it's the Tyrells and Littlefinger who killed Joffrey. No, an old woman that killed Joffrey. She did. Yeah, she did. But, but she did it with little fingers up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Poison something. He's, yeah. yeah. She's very uh, Hamlet esque. What she does is she gives Sansa this tiara to mm. wear to the wedding because she's been forced to marry Tyrion. So she's got to be there. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, so in this tiara, there's a removable jewel in it that actually serves to dissolve when put in wine. Huh. So when she goes up to Sansa at the wedding, she starts fumbling around with the tiara. She's just like, it looks a little crooked, you know, like, let's just mess with it a little bit. And just like, your hair looks so great, like, awesome. Nice. Takes that jewel and immediately goes up to kiss ass to the king and... Drops it into yep. Joffrey's drink. And then Tyrion gets blamed for that, right? Yes, he does, because it was always predicted that Tyrion would be the source of all of Cersei's... Misery, and he also had the quote of, I want you to know that when you're at your happiest and everything, like, you know, starts to turn against you and that joy turns to ash in your mouth, know it was me. Yeah. yeah. So she automatically assumes it's him and blames him because she's always wanted him dead anyway. Because you killed my mom when you were born. You know, that whole chest. Oh, night. okay. I just know that at some point... When it comes out that Cersei and Jamie have been fucking for a long time, he has some smart-ass remark about opening her legs for him or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I remember, I don't know if it was in the book or it was yeah. in the show. Somebody told me about it, and I was like, <laughs> that'd be gross. So, you know? <laughs> On him. That'd be gross for him to do. So Dorne is also trying to get a little bit of justice because they want they want Tywin Lannister dead because uh, Rhaegar was married to um, one of the Martell uh, Elia. Same. Yes, Elia Martell yes. was she was married. He was married to a princess of Dorne. Dorne was the only kingdom whenever the Targaryens invaded that never pledged fealty. Right. Okay. Which is why their house words are unbowed, unbent, unbroken. Right. Huh. Nice. Yeah. So basically, they can sit, they call themselves the Kingdom of Dorne. Mm. All of their leaders are princes. Um, mm. You know, but obviously the Seven Kingdoms are still part of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, right? I say, God, I love that guy. Which, oddly enough, uh, is where in the show we get the Mandalorian. Um, is that um, Pedro Pascal? Yeah, okay. And God, was he See, great. my sister told me that. My sister told me that he was in Because when I made the joke in the Mandalorian episode, when he took the helmet, when they, we finally see him without his helmet, and I was like, ah, oh, put it back on. She goes, he is gorgeous, by the way. I'm my bad. <laughs> I've never seen Game of Thrones. I got. I don't know that he has a beautiful face. I got. I just know that that beat up monstrosity under the helmet. Well, if you've seen Kingsman, he doesn't. You know. I mean, obviously, without it, second one. I haven't seen second one. Okay, yeah. The The one with Channing Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it's fine. Well, they're going to do a third one. So yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, now I always crushed on on Hilarious. Hilarious. Oh, Sand. Uh, She's been in a ton of movies. Before. Oh, God, yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm trying to see her name. I can't remember her name. Oh. I used to know it. Right I've, I've seen her in other stuff, but I can't think of anything off the top of my Oh, head. she's a great actress. Indira Barma. Yes, thank you. Indira Barma, yeah. She's incredible, actually. Yeah, she's but, uh, actually, because of his turn in Game of Thrones, like I'll watch anything Pedro Pascal's in because of the, how good he was in that. Okay. Um, so he was Oberon. Yeah. Whatever. Or, yeah, he was... Uh, Oberon Dorn. O- Oberon Martell. Martell, yeah. Oh, nice. And he came down to serve as... I can't remember... He was on the King's Council. Can't remember what for exactly. Doesn't matter. It was pretty much ceremonial because they just wanted to make Dorn happy. Right. Um, so, you know, obviously... Is he the, the leader? No, no he he's... He has a brother who's yeah. the leader, but he is like second... He's the one that um, he's their short strip because their brother is is not something happened to the brother and his brother ended up being sort his, of ill. His brother has gout. Yeah, that's uh, what it so is. Gout, gout. The rich gout. man's the rich yeah. man's disease. And so he's not considered strength strong, but Oberon is the strength of the sand. Oh yeah, Oberon. Jonathan Price is in this. Yeah, yeah. he was oh. the high sparrow. Um, yeah. Which we start when we start to get into the dumbass decisions Cersei makes. This one tops the yeah. fucking charts, but. God, does she end that terrible decision in a ruthless way? Um, which actually, that's one of my favorite quotes in the books. Is whenever Littlefinger sees that she decides to let the uh, the faith start to arm themselves again. Oh, he, he just, McShane's in this yeah. shit too. Holy yeah. Uh, whenever I'm good. Was it the quote in the book? Whenever he's like, Cersei's decided to let the faith arm themselves. He's like, I was hoping to keep her as a pawn on the board for a little longer, but it seems she's trying to remove herself. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like he's very clearly. Yeah. Got his own game plan. His game plan is, I gotta say, perfect because if it wouldn't have been basically for Bran, he probably would have fucking succeeded. Damn. Um, you know, it, when you come up against a being who's practically omnipotent, you lose. Right. And how um, could he have known? Um, so, yeah. So we're getting to the point, like, the War of the Five Kings is basically dead. Now you mm-hmm. just get into political intrigue and really stupid power plays. Uh, the Red Wedding's over. Mm-hmm. Everybody has settled into their newfound... Positions. Positions. The kingdom's finally starting to... Settle. Yeah, to a certain degree. Um, More were declared, but nothing ended up coming of it. Kind of like uh, Korea's, the Korea's. Mm. 
technically it's still on, but nobody's doing anything. Oh yeah. In the chaos of the red wedding though, Littlefinger pulls one of his greatest tricks and smuggles Sansa out of King's Landing to go to the Vale with mm-hmm. her aunt, where he is going to marry Lysa and basically become Lord Protector of the Vale until her son comes of age. But you know he's never gonna let that kid get too far. Right. Um and I mean especially Okay, I know how Baelish dies. It's yeah. Baelish, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, not gonna lie, they brought up something that I knew that she referenced some right before Arya does it. She references something that I knew from the first season. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, fuck that guy." <laughs> oh yeah, like, fuck that guy for that. <laughs> so all the events that have basically happened have been because he lit the spark. Yeah, and he plans on lighting that spark a lot further by in the show, selling off Sansa to the Boltons to secure an alliance. It never happens in the book. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead, sorry, go ahead. They they claim some woman is Arya, who's really not. It's uh, Jane Poole, one of Sansa's friends from childhood. And, um, yeah, so they, they do all that dumb stuff to try and secure an alliance with the North, so that way Baelish can make his bigger power grab. Yeah. Um, because, well, the Northmen remember, and if they march south the next time, they're going to burn everything. Oh, yeah. And if you get the North on your side with a Stark, River Run will probably follow. Mm-hmm. So the bigger power play is basically one civil war is over, but we're just getting ready for the next one. Yeah. Everybody knows about Daenerys because all the assassination attempts have failed, and she's getting ready to come back over. Okay, so she's over on the other continent. Yeah, they're they're waiting for it. They're just waiting for the time that they hear, oh yeah, by the way, we saw some Dothraki on a boat, which is horrifying because Dothraki will not cross Normally they wouldn't cross the ocean water. They, they're afraid of water. It has something to do with that lore. It's, uh, they will not cross water their horses can't drink. There you go. Okay, so not salt water, basically. Yeah. So the ocean. Exactly. So, yeah. But, you know, uh, she's commanding a Dothraki horde, kind of. You know, like right, she, like she I mean, has, she's got she's going around this other continent, yeah, gaining she's, power herself. She has overthrown the slave system. Yeah, in which there. ironically, I saw parts of that spoke ancient, uh, spoke her the Tigerians' language, like the yes. language they created, the High Valyrian. The High Valyrian, they, they spoke well, High Valyrian, which was interesting. they. I didn't. I don't think the Targaryens created it, but it was like the Valyria, that was the language commonly spoken, and it survived Valyria somehow, but mm-hmm. then it fractioned off into High Valyrian, Low Valyrian. Um, yeah, and basically have a bunch of free cities that operate as fiefdoms over on Essos, the other continent. So, mm-hmm. you know, places like Ashai, known as the Shadowlands, um, Essos itself, Meereen, which was a slave city, Yunkai, um, yeah, a few of those other places. Mm-hmm. So I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure there are some other Tigarians that we don't know about in this whole mythos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is what is the Battle of the Bastards then? So the Battle of the Bastards happens whenever. What is it over? Uh, essentially, Jon Snow's declared Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, and they know he's a Stark. They don't really like it. Stannis has moved his army after he got his ass beat down at uh, King's Landing up north because mm-hmm. he knows the true threat is from the White Walkers because Melisandre's been like, hey, by the way... We gotta get up yeah, here. You know, you know, by the way, up north is where the real battle is. 
So Baelish and Sansa. So everybody ends up back in yeah. North. So in, Stannis. Uh, what, what is that? Winter Winterfell. Yeah, Stannis Winterfell. plans on taking over the North to serve as his base of operations for the rest of his continued War of Conquest to go down through the rest of the gate. Like basically. The war, Stannis has gotten his ass beat almost irreparably at this point. Mm-hmm. He's he should be considered null and void, but the fact that he's up in the north means he can still make a power claim because he can use Jon Snow, or you know, claim to fame as a Stark, to rally the North behind him. Yeah. That's a threat. Okay. So it leads to the point where, basically. Uh, in the show, it's Ramsey Bolton basically like, by the way, I've killed Stannis and I want my wife back. Should I come up there and gut you and get her back? You know, that kind of thing. Who's his wife? Uh, Sansa in the show. But in this case, in the book, it's Arya, who he thinks is... I don't know if he thinks it's Arya, but it's kind of unclear. I can't remember that far ahead on it. Um, yeah, so we'll just go with the show. Sansa, his wife, uh, is kind of started by that, so... Even though Stannis has been beaten, Jon still basically has an army of wildlings and Night's Watchmen. Mm -hmm. Even though Jon's never going to move from the wall. Yeah. But he wants Sansa back, so Jon feels like he has to protect his sister. Yeah. Um, Jon's already been killed by the Night's Watch at this point, so he's like, hey, you know what? I I lived, uh, I served my vows until my, you know, until my death. So I died, I came back. I don't have to stay here anymore. Exactly. So he, uh, decides to march and see what kind of army he can rally from the houses of the north. And uh, that turns into the fact that he doesn't have near enough manpower. Even yeah. with the wildlings with his back, he, they're not trained. They're not yeah. familiar with the art of warfare down south. Um, which it's not is to say, to say down south when we're talking about Winterfell, yeah, which is the seat of the north. It's Yeah, well, as the wildlings put it, you're all southerners to us. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, they're not, you know, there's a reason why the Night's Watch is able to hold them off so well, and I think it's just from basically better equipment and military tactics, Mm -hmm. as opposed to having no kind of hierarchy. Well, it's sort of like, it's sort of like when the um, Russians were being attacked by the Germans, Mm -hmm. and they decided, you know, the whole thing about, um, St. Petersburg rush would never fall during the winter mm-hmm. because the snow, the ice, it's too cold. It's too cold. That's basically what happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, they they meet together on the field. Um, Battle of the Bastards occurs. Okay, so here's the Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. And I hadn't seen or heard. You know, I've been hearing whisperings and people watched it. I mean, shit, Game of Thrones was huge. So I knew in and out, just water cooler talk, that some of what was going on. Had no idea what was going on with the Battle of the Bastards. I just know this one dick had dogs. Um, He was an asshole. And my friend's like, have you seen the Battle of the Bastards? And I was like, no. And he sits me dead center of his living room. And he's got this kick-ass surround sound. And basically, I turned into Jon Snow. Sitting there because it sounds like horses are coming from behind me, from beside me, every which direction. It's just chaos. Mm-hmm. And for just a split second, I felt Kit Harrington in that scene. Like, 
about to die. Right, like he's, he's about to die. And it's just sides. all these people, oh, yeah. all these horses, and there's battles going on. It's pretty wild sensation, especially if you can do the surround sound like my buddy did. Uh, holy hell. Um, the only other thing I can remember, because it was just basically chaos, uh, is the dogs eating their yeah. owner. Which, fitting end, really. And apparently uh, they use the sound and I I want to like be a pig yeah. like death like getting its throat torn out which is really close to what a human would sound like and yeah. they used that sound. I, I heard that in commentary I'm like my god like whoever did that research. Hmm. Right. So long who uh, Imagine that, a pig and, I, and a long pig sound like be, when they get their throats ripped out. <laughs> I want to be incredibly clear to fans of the show right now. Ramsey in the books is much worse. I mean, is he, he's a, for all I know is he's a dick. Yeah, like, I will put it this way. Even with you showing it on HBO, you could still not show the depths of his depravity and keep this freaking show on the air. I really don't think you could. Well, I mean, what does he do in the book? Does he do what like anything specific? Uh, well, just just that much more depraved. I mean, yeah. There's nothing. He I know won't. he cuts the dude's dick off. There's nothing he <laughs> won't do, really. Okay. Like he dismembers Theon little by little, right? Day by day, um, and they kind of give you an example of that, except they still don't go through with it because it's a lot harder to show somebody who basically doesn't have any fingers left. Right. right. Or how about this one? This is one that's really going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. The worst thing, in my opinion, that he ever did was whenever he married uh, his Arya, so to speak, even though Theon knew it wasn't her. Um, and he tells Theon to warm her up and before he goes in for the consummation with the threat of, and if she's not good and wet by the time I get there, I will nail your tongue to the fucking wall. Okay. Like I have questions. He also I have lots of questions. He also kidnapped. Isn't he dickless woman. at this point? <laughs> like Yeah. Well that's the whole nailing your tongue to the wall part. Ah. Yeah. So he uses people as playthings for his most sadistic desires. There's nothing he will not do to them so long as it finds amusement. Huh. It is the ultimate form of entitlement, hmm. in a way. Like, Sociopath. Yeah, so he kidnaps uh, another lady whose husband had freshly died, uh, who was lord of one of her own, uh, you know, areas. I can't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. uh, lady Dustin, from what I remember. Uh, locks her up in a tower and basically starves her to death. When they find her, she had eaten some of her fingers. To try oh, and stay alive. Um, yeah, there's there's things that he does. But the thing is, the book always makes it clear that he's always happy when he does it. Huh. Like, there's nothing that makes him... Happier? There's nothing that makes him flinch away. Huh. He is absolutely worse. Like, the, the thing is, the characters that we all love to hate are probably worse in the books. Really? Yeah. Cersei, not so much. He's kind of... Pretty accurately yeah. done. Um, Why is she paraded around town naked going shame? Uh, because they are going to be putting her on trial for incest Jamie. with... Jamie. No, with uh, her cousin, Lancel. 
That's right. It's like my nephew. He's a younger one that, mm-hmm. that joined the. Um, you joined the, the faith. Yeah, yeah, the faith. The religious group. And for. Uh, well, infidelity. She's down with just about anybody. In infidelity family. in general. She was banging one of the members of the King's Guard that she was going to try and have him murder somebody. I can't remember who. So the Faith catches him and tortures him for information. And when he finally confesses to, uh, oh, he was trying to have, sorry, she was trying to have him go and confess that he has slept with uh, Joffrey, come Tommen's wife, Marjorie Tyrell, to try and get Marjorie Tyrell arrested and prosecuted oh, okay. and instead when they beat him for the information whenever Cersei comes in to view his confession he's like that's the queen I <laughs> points to her this is in the books so he he sells her out basically to you know he's not wrong he did he yeah, saves his own life um, so that's why she gets she but doesn't she become queen after that no she doesn't point the mountain now, by that time, he's uh, long zombified-ish. I don't know what you'd call him. Who's the one that runs around with Arya? Is that the Hound? Yes, the Hound. I love that guy. Aren't the Hound and the Mountain Brothers? Yeah. He is... And they hate each other, don't He's they? Game of Thrones' version of the comedian. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Hound? Yeah. Okay. The best way I could put him, he is an absolute reflection on the ugliness he considers nobility. He finds it all to be a sick joke and doesn't know why anybody would ever trust any of these people because right. at their heart they're more <laughs> depraved than anybody else. Yeah. He's like the the common people, they just they're concerned with living day to day. These people are concerned with how they can get their pleasure. Right. Like yeah, I kinda like him now then. Oh yeah, he's he's completely the comedian. He is incredibly gruff. He plans on being the sickest reflection he can possibly be of nobility mm-hmm. which is why he's so ruthless and hateful huh yeah i kind of like him now oh yeah i don't know like, nothing about him just like him. He, he, sounds, he sounds good this character you think that his character is a dick and his character is mean because how he treats aria and i think you think he's going to do to aria but he doesn't but then you find out that he actually respects her because she won't quit yeah yeah <laughs> she won't i mean die. he he has a yeah, he has an odd, <laughs> begrudging respect for the Stark family and their ability to survive. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one of the more interesting characters. Huh. He turned out, by the end of the series, to actually be my favorite. The Hound? Yeah. I mean, I've I, heard other people say that. Um, I knew he was never going to survive the series. Oh, did he not? No. Oh, okay. No, he was, in the end, he, he in the mountain had a... His brother... Uh, you know how he has the burned face yeah um his to him on purpose his brother kinda he saw him playing with a toy that he wanted one day and instead of basically taking the toy or anything like that he took his face and shoved it into a burning brassiere Jesus yeah and uh that was very Prince Zuko and that was what changed poor old Sander Clegane into the hound that's when he realized because his father tried to pass it off like an accident yeah you know everybody basically turned it around to save face and that's when he realized the whole thing was just a sick joke was when he was like seven damn yeah so he he carried that hatred with him the rest of his life and that was his whole point even you know before he goes to fight the mountain and Arya's gonna go with him Whenever he turns around and tells her, he's like, no, you don't want to be me. 
Right. He's like, this. there's nothing about me that you should ever want right. to be. Like, get the fuck out of here right now. <laughs> I'm going to handle this. Well, even when he met Brian <clears throat> of um, Card, <clears throat> um, and they fought, he was like... I hate that. <laughs> what? Admittedly, I hate the fact that those two fought because it did not... The Hound and Brian of Tarth? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it happened in the book. No. I can't just, remember. He got into a fight like, with some people, okay. but the wound started to fester and Arya left him for dead. The <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. She stole his money and left him for dead. Like she, you know, basically told him to go fuck himself. Nice, nice. So uh, it, was, it was similar to how it happened in the show, but instead it was him and Brianna Tarth who fought. And what is it with Jamie's obsession with her? She is a purer form of what he wanted to be. Okay. She is steadfastly loyal, dedicated to whatever oath she makes. Jamie is, he started off as an idealistic young knight training under the greatest knight in the Seven Kingdoms, mm-hmm. Sir Barristan Selmy, and got elevated to the King's Guard. But his greatest act turned out to be his biggest shame. Mm, fucking his sister. No. <laughs> Damn, I figured no, that'd be when, it. When he killed the Mad King, the king he had sworn oh, to protect. Oh, he killed the Mad King. The, the Mad King was trying to burn down King's Landing with yeah. wildfire, which would have murdered half a million to a million people. Damn. Uh, Jamie decided... Something Daenerys does later. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I, I could talk about that one in death because I feel like whenever that happened... And I think it was just the way Amelia Clark pulled it off. I understood why. Well, yeah. Um, hour forty-eight. So yeah, we're <laughs> say we're starting to get toward the two-hour mark. Um, so, but yeah, Brienne was just a pure version of what Jamie always wanted to be. He wanted to be that pure beacon, you know, like optimistic, pure, unjaded. Really, like you know, he. He had become cynical and jaded because even the greatest thing he ever did, he was spit on for it. Right. You know, like the and Brienne was uncorrupted by any of it. Uh Captain. What was she? She was Captain Captain Phasma. Phasma. Yeah. God, I couldn't think of that for save my life. Most underutilized Star Wars character ever. Yeah, she was very underutilized and kind of a disappointment when she got it. Yeah. The way she went out, I was I like, I was expecting oh, a little Finn. more. Yeah, I was expecting it. Like I was expecting her and Finn to fight, but I was expecting it to be better than that. I don't think that she's technically. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. I mean, fuck. Look at look right. at Boba Fett. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. So so Game of Thrones. If he's gotten a couple, Star Wars has gained some Game of Thrones people. Yeah, mm-hmm. huh. definitely. Pedro Pascal. Whoever the hell Brianna Tarth is. Gwendolyn Christie. That's yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just know that Tormund is in love with her. And oh, I hope yeah. she ended up with him. Because he was hilarious. Unfortunately, no. Oh. Yeah. You know. He goes she, up, she, loved, she fell in love with Jamie. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I know there was a sex scene. And, yeah. and everybody was really weird about Arya's sex scene. Uh, yeah. 
But I mean, it's Game of Thrones. You, you did not expect it. What did you not? We, the first were, episode, I, Jamie's banging his sister and they throw Bran out a window. Did so you not I, see this coming? I know a lot of people say that Daenerys' turn by the end of the series was unearned. And I can True. agree that if you base it on the context of the last season, it feels rushed, but it's not unearned by any measure of the imagination. If you pay attention to everything that happened to her throughout the series, yeah. the way she handled that stress was never healthy. Oh, right. Uh, what was it? She sees a bunch of slaves crucified on her way to Marine. So what she does she do in turn? Marine. She burns Marine, but she turns around and crucifies the masters mm-hmm. instead. Like she takes it to it, but she winds up crucifying people who are innocent too. She does. She, she does a lot of things that goes against how she feels anyway, but she starts to become more ruthless, and in doing so, the ruthlessness becomes easier. It becomes part of her nature. The Dothraki, Dolph- okay. the Dolph- <clears throat> when um, this is another version of, of um, when um, she had formed them up in a group and she was trying to command them to take them back to King's Landing, <laughs> and they started mistreating the women. She took the leaders and literally set them on fire. Damn. So it was because her frustration she had built up. Remember what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, when she uh, takes command of the Dothraki again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when she yeah, she locks them all in and burns the she place burns, down with her inside of it. Fire. Yeah. With her inside of it? Where's yeah, she? so she basically protects herself with blood magic again, mm-hmm. you know, and walks out and commands the Dothraki after that. Um, I know that, like, my friends that, a lot of my friends that watch the show religiously... We're all pissed off with the way it turned. But she... Because she said she wasn't... Like, throughout the whole thing, she said she did not want to be the Queen of Ashes. Right. So, her coming back to that, and I think, honestly, what it was, was it was just the final trigger. She had no idea what to expect from war. She really didn't. She had fought wars, but those wars were against slave masters and mercenaries. Mm-hmm. This was not against, you know, like she was freeing people. There was a, even if some civilians got caught in the crossfire, she was still saving more lives than what she hurt. Everybody in Westeros, despite the system that it existed in, still had some kind of autonomy to them. Yeah. Whenever, she never understood that, I don't think. Like she's, she's not familiar with Westeros. It's a land she had never seen. Mm-hmm. But she wanted. So she's already coveting that. She yeah. already has that detachment from it. She wants this place she's never been to. But why? Because it's her birthright. That's it. That That's all she wants. She wants a place to call home when she could have had that in Marine. But it's ambition. Mm-hmm. It's the ambition to go back and finish, you know, take vengeance for her family in a way yeah. that is possibly partly driving her. Um, so now she's on the other end of it. King's Landing's getting sacked a second time. Mm-hmm. Okay, she well, just, this is after the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah, she just lost her best friend. Which was? Missande. Um, got beheaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Cersei did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was supposed to be an envoy or something, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And Cersei cut her hair off and killed the dragon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and killed the dragon, which was one of her children. So now she knows loss mm-hmm. on top of it 
It's not to say she didn't before, but now it's a lot more palpable because these are the people that are closest to you. And not only that, she kind of feels like Jon Snow's betrayed her too. So she realizes... I don't think she, she sees, feels him that, she, that he betrayed her. I think she senses his hesitance, his weakness. Yeah, she's... She, she's all about strength. She can't... She feels like she can't trust him. She can't trust the people around her anymore. Right. So now she's starting to get the dose of what it's like to really rule around you. Like, the Unsullied, they were slaves. They know battle. That's what they do. They're going to listen to your word. You freed them. Like, mm. these people are going to love you for making their lives better, even if it's a little rocky at the start. But the people in Westeros, they don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, they want to survive from day to day. Mm-hmm. And they're just pawns in the High Lord's games. So now she's getting a dose of what her family saw before they were forced to flee. Mm-hmm. King's Landing's getting sacked. The place is, you know, it, it, the war is over. The bell starts ringing. But that bell is more than just a bell to her. That's that, that's that anger of mm. coming up, like signifying it's over she knows that happened to her family once before she doesn't really feel like anybody here will ever love her the way that anybody back over the sea did Mm -hmm. they won't it's true they don't care who's king they just want to make sure they can feed themselves right you know and so basically her word the worst thing she could have done was to come over to westeros where she could have lived family and really yeah because they'd kind of started to know a relative peace to a certain degree. Like, I mean, Stannis was gone. The only threat was her. Yeah. She's looked at as a foreign invader because she's bringing Unsullied and Dothraki onto their soil. Well, the well, the word, the Battle of Winterfell <laughs> and against the White Walkers happens before this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's had nothing but setback after setback, and she's torching people for not bending the knee to her. She's burning them alive because they're saying, yeah, we won't follow you. So she's already fucking up. Yeah. The, the word gets around fast. It's like, yeah, yeah you're, you're never going to have true love from the people around you because they will just fear you. And not only that, she's starting to get grander designs of we're going to turn the entire world into this kind of place. You know, so, like yeah. I freed the slaves. I did this in Westeros and now we're going to just go around the world and do this shit. She kind of says that at the end. But it's really before she sets off a light in that place ablaze where she wants to make Westeros pay for everything it ever took away from her. Mm-hmm. And I think she just... She mentions that, too. When she gets back, she's going to make those that did this to her pay. Then that likes one of her chiming yeah, calls and, throughout the whole thing? And to her, burning down King's Landing is almost symbolic of just purging the sickness that she saw Westeros as in its own way. Even if it meant that she butchered civilians in the process. Yeah. Like, she she wanted to be good. She really did. And I have no doubt that she could have been incredible, but sometimes... That some, comes with a high price. Sometimes... You lose yourself on the way. Yeah, sometimes you lose yourself on the way and you let the trauma get the better of you. And in her case, it turned out to be that fatal flaw. And Tyrion, like, and Tyrion did try to ring her in in, in the show, yeah. but he couldn't. He tried. And that's why he went to Jon Snow and says, hey, you got to choose. Either you yeah. got to support her or you got to support the people. You know, it was right. 
if you choose her, God help us, but I'll stick with you. Oh, no, he said, God help us, but I'm about to do my thing. If you choose to save the people, then I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And, that, and and she caught wind of that, of course, and like you said, she's lost her trust. But to be honest, she, she really... John, I think John Snow lost his faith in her when she killed the um, Turleys, his his friends, um, family. Yeah. For not, for not bending the knee to her. And that's when he was like, come on, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. They were just following orders. The Lannisters told them they had to do this. They saw it. And she's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, she, like like you said, she had good intentions, but, you know, what what did it say? What's, what's that saying? Uh, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Exactly, and that's okay. what happened. Like, she, hers, her arc was always meant to end in tragedy because she was the idealist. Yeah, okay. And eventually, every idealist will hit that point where they either will get broken because they realize their idealism can never match up with reality or they power through and try to see if they can eventually make their idealism a little bit more into reality. It's that point between... Well, it's like they say, beneath every cynic is uh, you peel back the layers of a cynic and you'll find an optimist. Yeah, it's, it's where you have, you know, like, she just... Seeing all the death and destruction and the fact that even after she beat the White Walkers with John, uh, all anybody could do was toast John. Yeah. You know, like, no one cared about her. She could have died the next day and everyone would have been like, cool, let's go to King's Landing. Like, you know, they, right. like, John can ride a dragon. He gives a shit. I mean, but, one of those dragons was John's. Yeah. Uh, see, that was the thing, was that they, with Tyrion and then John, they were gonna, they were supposed to be three Targaryens and then there were three dragons. Right. Well, I guess that they got, they basically killed the show, I guess, killed one off just so the White Walkers could have it. Yeah. I, truthfully, I'd always kind of thought that might be the case because George R. R. Martin wrote a children's book years ago about ice dragons. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of thought that's what, it, it was always rumored that there were dragons within the wall mm-hmm. or giants. Or it, there's a lot of different rumors about that kind of stuff, but um I always thought there was going to be some kind of ice dragon yeah. come through. So the, the was the the Night King coming and riding on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I didn't even know there were giants in it mm. until uh, another friend of mine tried to show me the Battle of Winterfell. And damn it! It's yeah. probably one of the worst pieces of cinema I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, all in the dark. Yeah. Um, I mean, the cinematography I still was would great. Like to they talk would brighten to people. that shit up a little bit. I would love to talk to the people in charge of making that aesthetic choice and ask them what the fuck they were thinking. Because um, like I said, it is probably the worst scene, battle scene I've ever seen on TV played out ever. It started off really good. Like when the Dothraki go first, mm-hmm. which was stupid. Any, like they, Their tactical choices baffled me. Yeah, but, I don't I'm, why would you send a cavalry in versus versus the entire horde by themselves? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So. Meant to, to sweep off the trash from the battlefield, not meant to be the main attack. But right. watching the flames on their swords go out, oh yeah, yeah. one of the did like that was cool as hell, and I could tell that was the only reason they did that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was cool. That part mm. was cool. Um, not being able to tell what the fuck was going on for the rest of that battle. 
until like basically the very end or when Tyrion would have a scene. Yeah. Uh, I remember Tyrion being in the with the was he in the wine cellar? It seems he, like a very, it was the Crips. The, the Crips, okay. Which I thought was another dumb move. Telling people to put up the women and children in, in the crypt. I'm like, Knowing these guys well. raised undead. Yeah. What is in the crypt? Undead. Undead people. Yeah. It doesn't matter how long, they, how long they've been dead. They raised undead. <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely a, yeah, there's definitely some questionable choices made there. Um, One thing that I, um, about I, the show that I didn't um, get explained to me, I don't know if I, where I'm at, where I've gotten the books, it wasn't really explained to me. Was um, Jon Snow's uncle, Benjamin? Yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah, the one who survived well, north of the wall somehow. He's and he a, looks sort of he's a composite character. Yeah, in the show, like Benjamin exists in the books, but you haven't seen him since the first book. Mm. So uh, they Cold Hands is a character that pops up though, who is clearly a member of the Night's Watch at some point and is clearly undead. Mm-hmm. He has the same condition as all the whites brought back by the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's on the side of the living, and you don't know how mm-hmm. in the books. Uh, in the show, they explain it like one of the children found me after a White Walker rammed his sword through my gut and injected me with a little bit of obsidian. Bob's your uncle. Here I am. Like, <laughs> it's, you know. Very. Yeah. Whatever. Like, very quickly explained. Let's not think too much about it. It's Benjamin. Hey, mm-hmm. everybody, remember me? Yeah. So, he's a composite character of Cold Hands because George R. R. Martin has been asked numerous times by his publisher, is Cold Hands Benjamin? And every time he's like, no, just <laughs> underlined, you know, like, no, he's not. So, I, yeah, so clearly there's something there. Like, Benjamin will pop back up at some point, I know, in the books. I, mean, I don't know I, if it'll if be. George R. R. Martin can survive long enough to finish said book series. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. And, and when was the last time he released anything? Yes. <laughs> That's a, yes. Yeah. That is a thing. <laughs> so here is... Uh, I know that that's one of the big jokes because I watched iZombie. And you come to find out that uh, Babino is a huge Game of Thrones fan. Yeah. yeah. And he's read the books. And they're just fucking with him, and they're like, uh, "So Babylon, what do you think George R. R. Martin's doing right now?" He's like, "Not writing. He's not writing." <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I don't know. Rashawn, be interested to know your take. The prophecy of the prince who was promised. Basically, who was is that? It? The Targaryen. Supposed to be a Targaryen. Is that the Targaryen prophecy? I mean. Yes, it's supposed to be resulting from a Targaryen line, which means that Jon Snow and Daenerys are eligible. But George R. R. Martin loves playing with prophecy and the fact that it never works out the way it's supposed to. Because if Jon's supposed to rally everybody to end the Long Night, and Arya kills the Night King, who the hell is it? Mm-hmm. Arguably, in my opinion, it's still Jon. Yes, I, was, I think that it's still Jon. But I think that because... <laughs> The way he was trying to protect um, his brother, his mm. ends up being his cousin, but his yeah. little brother, um, Bran, the fact that he was able to protect Bran allowed the, the Night King to be blind to the fact that Arya would be his end. That's what I think. I think 
I think because because he, he protected all he protected all his siblings, but I think because he protected those two mainly yeah. that he still was the, so. the, the king of pride. Because I mean, basically, with him creating that getting that whole army up, you know, mm-hmm. them going through and they're slowing down the king, and night and night, the night king is focused on him, and then also focused on Bran. It left it gave him a blind spot. Because I think an argument could be made for Bran being that, but my point to it is is that. Just if you went on the criteria born under a bleeding star, John was born at the end of the war, the, you know, Robert's Rebellion, which had a uh, shooting star, blood red, flying overhead, same time Daenerys mm-hmm. was born. Salt and, born of smith, salt and smoke, Daenerys was born on Dragonstone, a volcanic island, on a ship, mm-hmm. so obviously salt water. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, John, whenever he gets stabbed to death by the Night's Watch, has said that their tears are... Uh, as they're killing him, are creating, like, steam from his wound. Mm-hmm. So, eh, a little bit of salt and smoke, I'm sure. It obviously salty, wasn't Daenerys. Salty tears and whatnot. It wasn't, to me, it wasn't Daenerys because she tried to <laughs> kill the Night King with her fracking dragon. Yeah. And the Night King was just like, ha fire doesn't, doesn't affect yeah. me. <laughs> He's like, I already absorbed your dragon, so fire doesn't, doesn't affect me anymore. If they would have given him a line, he should have just turned around and be like, what a fucking joke. <laughs> like that. I mean, he, he literally did the Superman thing, dude. He was like, huh, huh. <laughs> right. So Nice. Nice. So they meet all the criteria, but I had thought that certain aspects of the prophecy, though, always represented different people. Because around the time that the White Walkers were originally defeated, you had the Age of Heroes, where mm-hmm. you had Lan the Trickster, Bran the Builder, who built the Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, those guys, like, they, they were the Age of Heroes. And I think that Jon Snow, while being Zora High and assembling all these heroes into one place of Winterfell, that even the weapon, Lightbringer, that was supposed to be used, the Flaming Sword, to mm-hmm. defeat the White Walkers was Arya. Mm-hmm. Because she wielded a dragon steel sword, which was, well, it's you can't replicate it. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be, it, it has a weird, warm feel to it all the time, too, uh, calling it dragon steel. So, um, you know, she, she obviously has that going for her. Um, yeah, so, I mean, but it's basically a recurrence of the age of heroes wherever Jon Snow was just meant to bring them together in a leadership capacity but it was never supposed to be any one person it was supposed to be a combination so I I know this has been debunked and I know a hundred times I honestly had a theory when I was watching the part dealing with Arya she was coming up as a faceless assassin Mm -hmm. that she literally did die um and was killed by her copy, because you know when because you know oh, they can yeah. take on many faces. Right. Um, they can be whoever they want to be, and they also it looks like they also take on partial first personality of the person that they do become. Mm-hmm. And I actually at one point in time when I was watching, I was confused. I was like, Arya is that's not really Arya. That's what I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's been pretty much too long. Does she have another yeah. name in the book after she becomes the assassin? Uh, they don't give her a different name, but she always has to say that she is no one. Right. Say. To, because to become anyone, you first have to be no one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it you know symbolically, it's shedding your old life for becoming, uh, you know, for having the ability to live any life, mm-hmm. really. Um, 
Yeah, it's a really strange hmm. comparison. But yeah, I wanted to I definitely want to discuss the prophecy because that makes up a huge framework of what happens. Of what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean and even her leader, the guy that was in charge of the Assassin's Guild, even told her he's like, We'll see each other again. Yeah. And he told he's like, I'm always watching. So I'm like, what the, you know. So that's I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Who does she end up banging? Like oh, everybody Baratheon. was upset. Oh, Gendry. Yeah, Baratheon's Robert Baratheon's bastard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is Her, that the one she leaves King's Landing with? They, she gets yeah. smuggled out of King's Landing? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. A lot of people were upset they didn't end up together, but really, Arya was never supposed to. Right. She even states it in season one. That's not what I want. Like, I don't want to be a lady, you know, in some castle. Right. She gets what she wants. I think everybody gets what they want. Yeah. Sansa... Gets the power she's she the queen wanted. of the north mm-hmm. John goes back to the wall after he not to mention dun, dun, spoiler alert kills Daenerys yeah so okay. although <laughs> you know what the weird part is is that's kind of a culmination of the prophecy too though yeah the whole Lightbringer was originally forged by uh, Zora High worked for what 50 days and 50 nights forging the sword Again and again, and he plunged it into the heart of a lion. Or no, the first time he did it, it didn't work out. Second time he works on it for 100 days, 100 nights, plunges it into the heart of a lion. Nothing happens. Uh, still doesn't work. So he forges it for 200 days, 200 nights, the next time around, and kills his wife with it, Nissa Nissa, plunges it into her heart, which gives it its flame from huh. her passion and her love toward it. Yeah, magic. blood magic, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, it's supposed to be that. So, John essentially... Keeps talking about blood magic, and I I just finished up... Uh, I, it's the first time I'd ever watched all of it, but I just finished Lord of the up... Light Connection, because most of the witches did blood magic with him, too. Yeah, that's so true. It's the Lord of the Light Connection. Yeah. But uh, what it keeps making me think of is uh, The Last Airbender. Where she learns oh, the blood bending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you keep saying blood magic, and that that's just so fresh in my head. I keep seeing her blood bend people. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of a cool thing. So yeah, I I think the yeah the the way the prophecy was played with, I really enjoyed. It was kind of you know, it it upended it a little bit. It was still what you thought it would be, but it also had twists to it. Like, I mean. Arya was fostered to be a weapon throughout the entire series, yeah. and she is that weapon when you need her the most yeah. at the end. She gets some pretty she gets some pretty satisfying kills. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she kills Littlefinger. Yep. She really wanted him. Oh, she was God, like yeah. Waiting. She was waiting. Oh, yeah. Like, well, like, when he, even when they bring up the fact that... Uh, I knew he was going to die, but I didn't call it correctly. I, I thought Sansa was playing. Uh, well, I mean... But as it turns out, Bran really was the deciding factor. The yeah. mastermind behind all that. Well, then, didn't they set it up to where, like, Arya was on trial? Yeah. So, like, it was a whole... It was a trick all the way around. Like, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure Sansa was the one who sold it to Littlefinger to get him in there in the first place. You know? But Bran was the... Bran was the one who was like, you two need to quit fighting because this dickhead... Is uh, the you cause know. of everything? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it 
But I mean, if one thing you can tell from how much we're talking about is the world building of Westeros. Oh yeah, it seems like this is a. You said it's what got ten thousand years of history. Oh yeah, it's fucking insane. Like the way how far back you can go is unbelievable with all the lore and everything, all the legend that's there, all the. It's funny because if you look at the Azora High prophecy and legend, you realize it's different in every corner of the world. Yeah. So. Damn. It was kind of like what we mentioned in Legend of Zelda last week. What if this was just a legend that they told in a different region? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it about, was all come from the one, the same fucking yeah. place. Even though we know there's a timeline officially, you know, <laughs> like it, but it, it leaves it open to interpretation that, like, you know, legend in one place will carry over to another. Yeah. It's very interesting, but it's never the same from right. region to region completely. Kind of, kind of very easily describe jokes. Yeah. Jokes. Like, I, you hear the same goddamn joke about, you know, you can just substitute any president, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I've heard a bunch of the presidential jokes where, you know, it's, uh, yeah, my, the, one of the first ones I can remember was, uh, you had Reagan, or no, it was, uh, Nixon, Clinton, and, I don't know, you can insert any, yeah. you know, good, like, politician, and they're on the Titanic, and the Titanic's going down, and one of them says, women and, chi- uh, women and children first, and Nixon says, fuck the women and children, and Clinton goes, do you think we have time? <laughs> um, right. You know, it's you could just substitute anybody in those in those roles. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, as it goes, it's just, the joke is the same, but depending on the region you're in, you know, the people will be different. So, you know, legends are the same way. It might be the same fucking story, just where it comes from is a little different. Yeah. And that's, it's weird. Like, that's part of the beauty is that you don't even see these other regions, but you get enough of an idea of what they do in them Mm -hmm. to understand, like, they're each very unique in their culture. Um, I mean, hell, Dothraki is an actual practicable religion because of the HBO show. Is it really? It is. Or, or not religion. I mean, uh, language, God. But, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can, <clears throat> you can speak the language. They also have High Valyrian available, too, that oh, you can shit. learn as a language. Um, Star Trek, you're getting to run for your money with your Klingon well, and shit. I think when I, if, I read, if I read the um, behind-the-scenes things, they created those languages to make it more authentic. They did. So they, they basically, yeah, they have a whole accent, alphabet. Oh, well, I mean, like Tolkien wrote, exactly. created Elvish. Yeah. And uh, I can't even remember what it is, whatever language they speak in Mordor. Mm. But he created those from real real languages. Like, he really took, oh, yeah. you know, he created like, languages. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense that, you know, somebody writing an epic of this scale, who's still not done writing it, uh, um yeah. It created, you know, they created a language for it to make it that much more epic. I just, yeah, I can't picture how hard it has to be to write those books, though, because each chapter is told from a different character's point of view. Oh, okay. So Shit. you're never like. How very Jedi of him. Well, yeah, you're getting it from directly from their mouth. And they, some of them are really shitty narrators. Like, they, they're unreliable as hell. Right. Because you'll find out later, like, well, I thought this happened. No, that didn't. Like, huh? this stupid thing here. Like, yeah. It, Can I mention something real quick? Yeah. George R.R. R. Martin, as a zombie, signing books 
<laughs> on Z Nation. Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, um, I saw that. That was very. I awesome. loved Z Nation. Hell, he was even in one of the Murphy, Sharknado movies. Murphy is awesome. Yes. Mm. We're going to have to do a Z Nation episode. Yeah, or maybe right. just like a zombie show episode. Oh, yeah. Where we can just hit on a bunch of them, because there's been a bunch of them. I um, See, I love the mythology behind that stuff, because I love the different... Uh, I think I've always told you this. My favorite um, vampire tick in some cultures is the fact that they are slightly obsessive-compulsive. Yes, and they did that the in fact, uh, 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 X Files. And that one of them, he one of the ways, so vampire hepatitis shoes. One of the ways <laughs> that you could keep a vampire in his crypt until morning was to spread out countable objects inside their crypt. Oh yeah, it was and like they, a drop rice. They were forced to count individually. Yes, yeah. and it, you would hope it would last until sunup. So it, like. Ever since I found that out, like it's just one of the funniest things to me would be picturing a vampire movie, somebody running down the street with like a jar full of jelly beans. Oh fuck yeah! And would, just, that, that, if that were the thing, I would definitely have like, something like the rice jelly beans. He's finally catching up, and they turn around, just like I'm gonna do it. He's like, don't, <laughs> no, no, please don't, no, no, no. <laughs> don't you fucking do? I'm gonna be here all night. God. Uh, but I, they did <laughs> that X Files that when they had it was the the vampire who had seen too to many vampire movies. So he had fake teeth, hmm. but that's the way Mulder got away was like he, he dropped like a jar of marbles or something yeah. and made the kid have to pick them up and count them. Uh, but yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, what you got, Ray? This is something did on a different different show. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you after we get done with this episode. So, right. Which, actually, we're at 220s. I think we can start to wrap this up. Should, should we? we wrap? I mean, I like I said, I've known nothing. I, this has like, been a learning experience. Should, right, and it's, it's still more we haven't talked about. My, my, I, I want to talk about the sand people, but that's fine. We, we covered it. Oh, Dorn? The yeah. Dorns, but it's, it's cool. Because Dorn has their own I was going to say, why would we talk about them? The show didn't. Exactly. <laughs> because they have like, their own history. Like, they have yeah. like, a huge oh, they're, history, too. They're, they're incredible, yeah, actually. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But, anyways... All yeah. right, uh, are, are we wrapping? I, I don't have so. anything else to add that will be of much use. I mean, All right. I mean, big... we did kind of get from the beginning to the end, the beheading of Ned Stark to so, the stabbing of the so death we, of Daenerys Targaryen, and she gets carried off by her dragon. We covered the lore, really, yeah. more than anything. Yeah. yeah. It seems like. We did um, cover a lot of lore. Uh, which. I found it interesting. Fuck. I mean, I don't right? know shit about this. See? You knew nothing, Eli King, but now you know things. I know My things. favorite character. That's what I do. I drink and know things. Is, is, is she is only in it for like a season? Was the, the chick at the end, the little girl? The little oh, girl. Liana Mormont. I yes. know you're talking about. That chick. Who was is it? The little 10 year old yeah. uh, lady. She was. It's funny because she's one of the only ones to side with Jon Snow. Right. At the Battle of the Bastards. Okay. And she gives him like 50 soldiers because that's all Bear Island really has. Okay. And she's like, yeah, I know. If we lose, I'm going to die, whatever. Like, she, but, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But she doesn't fuck around. Like, she no. commands the room anytime she's in it. She gets all these other old lords and stuff who's just like, you all, while I was out there fighting, you motherfucker sat back. Yeah. And was, like, more than content to let Ramsay keep doing his shit. And, like, she was just counting. She even fought in the Battle of Winterfell. Really? And died after she killed an undead giant. Yeah, that's, Damn. yeah, she, yeah. that's, 
that was the most body body move I've ever seen any character on that show did, especially as a female. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even a woman; she was a girl. Like she was a ten year old girl fighting with grown men, and taking names, Damn. taking names. Not only that, she was leading. Yes, like, yeah, then, she was. And she's. I think she sacrificed herself because she was fighting the giant. And I think was it was it um, Tyrion it, that was about well, to get killed. Somebody was about to get killed, but she uh she got hit really hard and like slammed up against the wall by this giant first and she like gets up and she can only hold her dagger like this basically yeah. she's like holding one arm up and she's limping toward it but she's like i'm gonna get this much yeah. <laughs> one way or another yeah. and she's in the eye. Yeah. last thing i do awesome. yeah nice so yeah i mean it's it's amazing she was a great character i still love that meme where it's uh you know, one of those little four-panel ones where it's Ramsey's just like, I've got more soldiers than you. And then it shows Jon Snow, and he's like, yeah, but we have Lyanna Mormont. And then <laughs> it shows her just sitting on her horse, just staring him down like needles. And then it cuts to a panicked picture of Ramsey, and he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I have to add. That's, that was my favorite character. Like I said, I don't know I'd, shit about this show. I love Tyrion. You know. He seems like a sarcast. I, I tend to go for the sarcastic assholes. Oh, me too. And Tyrion is such a sarcastic little asshole. Um, Smartest guy in the room, though. <laughs> I drink. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. <laughs> and my favorite. It's funny because I think if we had to declare a magnificent bastard, I my first inclination would be Tyrion. Did we declare one last no, time? No, we did not. We did not. And I was thinking about that. But since, since we've released it, I was like, we didn't declare Magnificent Bastard last time. But since we mentioned Liana Mormont as well, she's got to get part of it. All right. I'm cool with that. I mean, this is up to y'all. Y'all y'all pick a, bas- a Magnificent I'm, Bastard. I'm leaning on Tyrion and Liana Mormont because I will be goddamned if she didn't accomplish more at like 10 years old than yeah. half the rest of the cast. What'd you do? I saved the world, motherfucker. All right. Yeah. At 10. And I, I mean, I love Arya, but I think she... Yeah, Arya, you knew Arya throughout the whole show, so you got to see her evolve. Well, the weird part was Arya didn't even really, like, she kind of got set on that path. She wanted to learn how to sword fight, but she would have never become half of what she was if it wasn't for the trauma of watching her family get butchered in front of her. Like, she has a Batman story. Yeah, she has her father, then her brothers, then her mom. Liana Mormont, though, on the other hand... Maybe she was born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Like, I swear, that ah. shit, she is done. Like, she's clobbering it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm both of you want to do, if you want to do both of those guys, Tyrion definitely was, um, definitely was important to the storyline. Like, he was the essential move. He was a cog. If you didn't have him in there, then it would have went a different, it would have went south. So, no. I, I definitely agree that both of them should be. Oh, yeah. All right. Tyrion was the biggest power player, but the tiniest man, which exactly. was his whole plot point was a, a small man can cast a large shadow. I remember something Tyrion said when he was talking to Jon in the very first season. He talked to Jon Snow at Winterfell before everybody goes off and shit gets fucked up. He says something along the lines of, John says something like, you're not a bastard. All dwarves are All bastards. All dwarves are bastards in their father's eyes. Yeah. And I was just like, ooh, damn. Yeah. That kind of cut. Not knowing shit about this, I watched it when it first aired, the first season. So I watched it, kept up with it. It's just I didn't have HBO after yeah. that. And, and just, it got 
too much to try to keep up with. Right. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's always kind of been. I kind of had a feeling about him from the start. I was glad he made it through the to the end. Oh, me too. I I always knew he would though. Like he was George R. R. Martin's favorite. Um, was he? Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. It was George R. R. Martin was like the closest to inserting myself into these books I've come as Tyrion. Nice. So, yeah, I think there's that, and everybody can relate to Tyrion that you know never feels. He's a little more fucked up in the books, isn't he? Isn't he his face fucked up? Oh yeah, like instead of he's missing his nose as a result of the Battle of Blackwater when he gets that big scar that goes across his face. Okay. Um, he actually cuts off part of his nose, too. Okay. So he's a little more uh, mangled and deformed, um, you know, just because of the battle wound. But Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, like us, review us. We're on iTunes and still on Podbean. Uh, give us a rating, review, tell us we're good, tell us we suck, tell us we're holding you hostage. Just just put the little five-star button, because if you've gone all the way through this and don't put a five-star, it's kind of a dick move. Um, <laughs> like, you know, you got all the way to the end of the episode, and you're going to give us, like, one star. Why the fuck did you listen to the whole episode? That's all I got to right. ask. I say just... You know, in comments with anything, too, tell me that, you know. Right. You how did we do? Are we doing better? Or are we doing worse? This is, what, 12, 13? Did I nerd out so hard you want to beat me up for my lunch money? Right. Do, like, is there a locker that has my name on it to get shoved into? Right. Like, Am I going to get, you know, jumped by the, the football players when I walk outside? Uh, I'm not going outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we're on Facebook. <laughs> We've got the Twitch. You guys been doing Twitch and stuff? A little bit. This yeah, dude's yeah. been doing it still. My, I need to go and look and see what's wrong with my goddamn PS4. Yeah. Because it's acting, it's not wanting to run. It's saying it's overheating anytime I try to play a game. Yeah. I so I don't that. know if I just got to get down and deep clean the son of a bitch out of there. Whenever I get, whenever I get mine back, I'm going to probably try and see if I can start doing some Twitch on that. All right. And, uh, yeah. Can you twitch? You can twitch. I'm sure you just got to get the right? app and make sure that. Yeah, people switch up, twitch on switch all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I people friend. twitch on switch all the time. I, am, oh, yeah. I have a friend yeah. who actually he, he does every was every three days. He does a twitch um, video using he, he plays that paint game a lot. Oh, uh, Splatoon. Yeah. Splatoon. Splatoon. Yeah. Oh, I kind of want to play that. It looks kind of cool. Right? I have it. It's pretty interesting. Is it good? Spl- I have Splatoon too. He now um, live cast between two to the point, but he's like a freaking genius at that game. He's insane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I suck I get, at it. I get great. probably murdered. Uh, we're all on Facebook. Uh, we're all on Twitch. Like I said, I don't know. I, I pretty much hit the like and reviews. I, we haven't done that in a couple of weeks. Like, I've noticed the last couple of ones that we forgot about the, mm-hmm. the, the sound off about the, the goddamn... I mean, I don't want to sound bitter, but no one's doing it anyway. Right. Like, <laughs> no one's doing fucking But, uh, I mean, we got to put it out there so they know, you know, all, all four of you. Uh, wow, that just made me sound really thirsty, didn't it? Oh, yeah, you're not doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Please love me. Uh, almost as thirsty as Link. Anyway. Uh, or all the women in the Final Fantasy VII remake. God damn. Right? They're all so thirsty. Uh, Topic for another day. Right. Well, uh, once I get my PlayStation settled out and I get FFR, FF7R done, we yeah. can finally do that. Um, 
I am Kegger, here with my cohorts as always. Ray BG. And Cody. And we will talk at you later.